Hello, Ollie. Hello, Peter. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, as always. Brilliant, brilliant. I've come all the way from sunny Bristol to sunny Brighton. I know, right? The weather is just fantastic right now. It's that has beautiful. to be said. It's beautiful. Um, so I guess let's have a bit of a talk about overview, shall we? Let's do it. Let's have a little introduction, shall we? I don't know. I'm going to look at one of the cameras. I'm going to look at this camera right here. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And welcome to a very special episode I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is a beyond the dance. I think. I mean, I do too many podcasts. We can call really, it that. I can't really keep up with what's going on. <laughs> but this is a very special five years of overview podcast with the man himself, Subantics. Hello, hello. For anybody that may or may not be aware, myself and Ollie are the masterminds behind overview music i love that wording <laughs> i mean you're more of the mastermind oh, uh, yeah, okay, than, okay. than i am i just sort of look pretty and uh, do podcasts occasionally uh but yeah so obviously I'm, I'm i've been a lot more of the front-facing podcast personality and whatever but overview is a two-man operation and yeah so me and ollie we've been running it for for five years now yeah bloody hell, <laughs> bloody hell. <laughs> And as it is five years, I mean, it's this coming week, I thought that it would be a really good opportunity to sit down, talk a bit about the label and discuss the last five years, relive some good memories, maybe some not so good <laughs> memories at the time. You know, these things are it's very up and down as well. Um, and yeah, just sort of like, yeah, just sort of discuss it. We've actually asked... A lot of questions from people. I'm, I'm going to be straight up that I stole this idea very much from the Amen Brother podcast. So big up to the Amen Brother podcast. <laughs> big up to John and all of the crew there. I love those guys. Uh, as they did a little like question and answer thing. And we were, we were due to meet anyway. And obviously me being the kind of person that I am, I'm like, right, let's get more out of this. Content. Content. We need more content. And... As it's five years, I thought it'd be a really good opportunity just to sit down. And this is your first ever, technically your first ever podcast. First ever released podcast, record, <laughs> recorded podcast. So there is, a, there is a, <laughs> mythical, a mythical podcast out there that me and Ollie did actually was do. Was that 2020? I feel like it was right the first time lockdown got lifted. And I was like... It was between the first lockdown. Get me it? out of the house. So I came to Horsham. And well, we I think we actually did we actually did like a proper music podcast. Yeah, that. yeah, it was one of the standard overview ones with all the with all the music sort of interjecting in between. It was quite fun. <laughs> it was quite fun. And obviously, Numbnuts over here uh, <laughs> didn't. I can't remember what was even wrong with the recording or something like. I I think the music was like playing in the background. Oh yeah, yeah. it didn't. I think it was the mic recorded on the webcam yes, audio or something like that yeah so classic, we were really classic. far away and i think there was music playing yeah and then we were like we were like yeah we're gonna sit down and do it again in the morning and we got way too drunk uh that yep. evening and went out for some thai food me you and emma we, i do remember that <laughs> <laughs> it was lovely that was lovely but then we had way too much drink got in way too late and that podcast, i think a lot of bog Buckfast was involved. I think there was. I think it was Buckfast and mixing until quite late. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like that was what was happening around that time. <laughs> so that mythical podcast never happened. So I thought it was high time because let's it be honest, we've been, we've been doing this for five years. I know, I know. I can't, I can't hide away in Bristol forever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, as I said, we've got some, we've got some questions from people. We did ask our group chat as well. So there's some, there's some serious questions 
uh, to answer. And some and not so serious. Some very not so serious uh, podcast questions from the group chat. Uh, so I guess, shall we just, do you want to just go into the questions or do you want to have, a, should we have a talk about the label? I don't, we, I, we can do a bit. I mean, yeah. Where, where do you start with our five years? Five I mean, we years. Can, we can talk about recently. I was going to say congratulations on five years. Congratulations. Congratulations. Well done. <laughs> well done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> still uh, here. Yeah, we are still here. I mean, look, you know, I think five, five years is, five years is a big milestone. It is. I can't believe how fast it's gone. It's kind of mental. Would you say that's a big thing that you're kind of feeling about? about it then i think that's just a thing of life at the moment especially when you get when you're getting older speak to that i think as well like maybe the fact that we had uh you know the pandemic happened yeah i kind of just felt like i lost two years of my life when that happened and and like trying to trying to think back about those two years is just like it feels like time is just like yeah condensed in a way like 100 percent. i think where everything was just the same it was a bit yeah, it's a bit of a void like looking back it is it's like what even though we were releasing music the whole time it was just like that's kind of yeah just weren't going out weren't playing it anywhere mm. but we made it through we did we're still here we, we had quite a successful lockdown in terms of like the music we put probably out probably the most successful yeah we had we had a bit, a bit of a streak so do, do you remember but i think it was a month before the lockdown in that february 2020 us looking at the schedule and like gassing it up so much like, oh it's gonna be the best year ever blah 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 and then yeah the, everything the, happened everything happened <laughs> but we still did release all that music and i'm glad we did because i think it put us in a in a great position yeah at i think that time yeah coming out of lockdown I mean, we don't. I don't know. Start getting PTSD now, thinking about all God, that. Yeah. I mean, it was good, and like you know, like you're saying, we were kind of like put in a good position to come out of that. And I would like to think that you know it's going quite well for five years. Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's going, it's going all right. It exceeded my expectations, being the the careful pessimist that I often <laughs> often am, especially when, when you asked me initially. I mean, maybe that maybe that's kind of like, maybe that's good to talk about actually, because I feel like yours and mine relationship is very like, you're quite the realist. Yeah, which, which, can, which can verge on pessimism sometimes. And I do, I am self-aware to recognize that, self-aware enough to recognize that. And I don't think that's a good trait. I think when sometimes I can be a realist and that can be good, you're very much the optimist. And I'm, I'm the, I feel like I'm the real like dreamer of like, yeah, let's just like make it happen and find a way to find make a it way. happen. But then I do, I think that that's what has worked so well with us is that you do rein that in yeah. sometimes or be a bit more of the stability that I think, I think we even each other out you make me come out my comfort zone a lot more which I probably wouldn't do with another person or by myself and then I might try reel you in if it goes a bit too far I mean yeah maybe reel, reel you in I mean yeah like you say like have a bit of stability and yeah. be a bit of that kind of like you know voice of reason as well which yeah I think but you know you're saying there's pros and cons to both approach but I think that's what does work well with with the yeah i think if you have two people that are exactly the same trying to run something then it's just it's fine it's either fireworks or nothing gets done (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so it kind of it kind of it's worked and like you know look you know i think it's well done this is just gonna be this is just gonna be a self-congratulating oh, just patting uh, ourselves podcast. on the back like bro you're just so amazing oh, you're, you're just, just so great, so great. You are just, i'm just so happy look at you glowing <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm like freshly fre- i mean there's probably a lot of people watching this right now will be like not even able to recognize me with my freshly you are looking looking great like 
Stop it. Stop it. You're looking great, bro. Oh, you're looking. Oh. I mean, you're looking a lot. You're you're getting down the gym these days. I have, I have put on some weight. Yeah, in the right in the way. Last, in the in yeah, somewhat the right way. Somewhat. I hope. I hope. You've, <laughs> you've, you've lost a fair bit. You're looking trim. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, yeah, I've made a bit of a conscious effort to eat a bit better and um, all the yeah, yeah. I guess the the no drink will be helping. The that. no drink and the no yeah that does help and uh, yeah, but yeah, no. I've you know I think things. Uh, Things are going well and things have felt good. Um, I mean, we I, we could talk a little bit about how we first met, maybe. I mean, I think that like that conversation has been had a, a couple of times, but... Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably more in writing or like in maybe interviews we've done, but... I don't, yeah, because well, I don't know. I, 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 I partly, partly wasn't. <laughs> obviously, we got the questions to hopefully keep this on track. I, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to sit here and just like start interviewing you like a YouTube. No, no, it's like, fine. Um, thing but i guess like you know there might be might be some people interested to know how we met so i guess um as some people know i was running another label yeah you were running soundcloud page yeah yeah so uh, dub clip dub plate clips and all of that stuff i mean which, po- possibly the, the you were like the premier dub ripper for, for I, I probably was for a period of time i'm not i don't know if that's like a boastful thing to say <laughs> or something i should be proud of got me in a little bit of trouble with certain people which is all resolved now i think that came from a bit of a place of ignorance on my part well you were but very young i was very young you you i mean how old were you when you started the I, I, page I mean that page. I've had that page for ages. If you if you really dig on my SoundCloud, there's because I came up through dance music in the the free party scene. So if you delve deep on my SoundCloud, there's my first mix series, which actually did really well. <laughs> I've got loads of plays, but it's all like so. What would it be like? Sort of Midlands free party style music, which is all like hard trance, <laughs> or old electro, and like speed garage and stuff. It's pretty out there, but and you were, you were what like seventeen, eighteen? I mean, going to those free parties when I started the page and putting mixes on there, I was like fifteen. But I think fifteen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I think the first mix I was fifteen when I posted it. It's twenty thirty. How many plays has it got now? I think that one's on like 30, 40k, which I will take. I will take. Yeah, they kind of popped off in the free, but I've always had a knack for finding music. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I'd hear stuff at parties and I'd manage to like get through rabbit holes online and just find IDs for stuff that had no lyrics and was just a fucking, <laughs> <laughs> just a baseline. A random but, noise. Yeah. So I'd like, I'd always have quite an extensive music collection, which I don't know. People always want to hear stuff they haven't heard before, which is kind of what I've always tried to do. And then, yeah, from that, I think it was 2017, so I would have been. I think it was a yeah, it was a good like three, four years later where I I noticed I was really into drum and bass and dub plate culture in drum and bass at the time, like paying attention to what's unreleased, what DJs are playing, because I I personally love nothing more than going to a night and hearing a bunch of sick tunes I've never heard before, and especially at that point in my life I was really into that. And I kind of found these sort of SoundCloud pages. Shout out like the Screecher. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. And I think there was Screecher like a, Extra. Yeah, well yeah, well. yeah, yeah. I think you got too many copy strikes from from Badger. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, a couple others like a Dub Plato. I think he was a Portuguese or Spanish guy. But um, there weren't there weren't loads. No, no. Time. There was more in the sort of jump up space. But I was kind of I liked both the jump uppy sides and. Uh, like the minimal and the techie sort of stuff. So I kind of was just like, oh, there's all these tunes that are like in mixes, but no one's ripped them. And like, (laughs) (laughs) people need to hear them. Yeah, people need to hear them. And like, I want to just be able to go and play them. So I just started uploading one. And I think it was, I think the first one I did was Whiny Flashlight. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Because Randall was playing it on dub for a while. And that was a big tune at that point. 
was and I, I thought it was yeah i thought it was the sickest thing i'd fucking heard at that time <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think i clipped that and it just blew up straight away and i was like oh okay i might as well just keep going at this okay. is kind of fun well you get i guess you probably get quite a buzz out of getting all of that getting all of that attention i guess as well i mean maybe at that age that was never really the aim what was your aim i don't really know i just kind of looked at the other pages and thought i i'm more on the ball than these guys <laughs> <laughs> i know what the best music yeah, is. yeah yeah definitely had that sort of mindset back then which is quite funny to look back on <laughs> but yeah that sort of took off then i started doing a mix series then sort of started interacting with the my generation like my age of producers who are now like killing it in the scene it's all like <laughs> such as dan clinical charlie scantia neck tax etc etc from that sort of era and definitely kind of fell into when foghorns got big sort of <laughs> jumped on that train a bit because i i thought that sound was so fresh and sick but it it did get a bit rinsed <laughs> and you did most of the rinsing i did a bit of rinsing <laughs> Yeah, I played a lot in those mixes. But yeah, no, and then just sort of got chatting and then was doing the mix series and had more exclusive music to play in the mixes and sort of like grew the page from there. And then, yeah, it was sort of at that time when I bumped into you at a spearhead night at Egg London. Big. Yes. Because, yeah, yeah, to give some context, I was, you were at Lifestyle. I yep. was following lifestyle at the time i thought you guys were putting out sick music and i rated your podcast at the time which you were doing actually this is this is going very full circle now actually, yeah, 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 yeah. now look yeah 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 <laughs> so i guess that's that, that actually that's actually that's actually a good point because the first time you record you actually recognized me yeah because of the podcast with alex because of yes. the podcast yeah yeah my, my yeah, friend alex yeah. from from back but, home because obviously well because we used to put it on soundcloud and like obviously we had the pictures on and I, th I i i want to say that you were actually the first ever person that like recognized me and he instantly fell in love at that point <laughs> that was it. he's like i've got a fan i've got one fan i'm gonna like <laughs> i don't know like not let go but that's yeah that's kind of funny that you did actually uh recognize because of the podcast yeah that is that is a blurry night but i do remember bumping into you yeah no i remember that and then i think yeah after that because I, I i'd obviously seen sub antics about and it was like oh, okay and then i contacted you we were like sending uh, you know i was like feeding your dub addiction yes really yeah with a few exclusive overview uh, overview lifestyle bits Ooh. oh god <laughs> it's always difficult um and then yeah and then i well we did actually do like the first proper i remember because i was on your case and i we did a first like legitimate upload premiere yeah yeah amp amp big up to big up to amp big up to kishan um shout out kish who yeah because i was I, like i saw what you were doing because i to give a bit of context to some people before i was with lifestyle i had also been in the kind of promotional game i had always gone down the much more legitimate route other than you i'd actually yes. asked for permission to to upload what i did but i had a youtube channel so that was pre that it was called called capital drum and bass for some people some people don't know that i actually ran that channel i'm gonna just plug myself <laughs> uh, so i ran that for a number of years and that was kind of quite successful then i joined lifestyle but obviously i'd had experience and i'd i knew the scene and i knew that kind of thing and i saw what you'd done and were like 
hey, you know, something legitimate, you know, you should always, because I was like, yeah. you should do something much more proper with it rather yeah, than just- Yeah, try and burst something out of it once once it's got a following. Well, because you had a following and it was it was like, you know, to, to capitalize on it, I guess, in a, yeah. in a much more- a much more official way rather than just like pissing people off by yeah, ripping no, their thumbs. I think, yeah. Once I'd robbed a few people who I was a big fan of at the time the wrong way, which is all squashed now and everyone's friends. But <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, understandably, especially coming from the the point of a label runner now who has to premiere release. Now you know, oh, now yeah, you're on the I, other side. I of do, it. I do completely get it. But yeah, it was a complete just naivety. At the well, time. it was, I think it was a, it was a wild west and... I would probably say, a, you know, you were very young and probably a lack of naivety on how the industry worked. And, and look, you know, many great things have been birthed out of that naivety. I mean, you know, it, UKF, yeah. Skank and Bass, yeah. like not, you know, not, you know, they, they all kind of came from that similar world of just putting stuff out because they wanted people to hear it and they enjoyed it. Not intending to start brands off the back no, of it no. like it's just obviously a sort of hobby of like sharing good tunes sharing good tunes exactly so I, no, that's what i mean like i think like there's no like maliciousness to no, try and no. still heat or whatever um and i think now like it's almost become a bit accepted in a way like yeah yeah i know. mean there's the, the one big page I think DMB spread still doing it. DMB spread, yes. And, uh, yeah, still I mean, flying to, the flag. To be fair, like, I'll come across an upload of like an overview tune that I haven't seen. It's been up for a month, and I'm just like, mm, who cares? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of the time. I mean, especially if it is just like a rip of like a minute and a half yeah. or something. Like, yeah, like you know, I think what you're saying. Like, I used to maybe get a much more kind of. I used to be like, no, take it down. Yeah, and now I'm just like. Uh, you know, I think I mean, there's maybe certain tunes, and if you if they do it at the wrong time and it blows up a bit too much, maybe. But I don't know. All publicity is all good publicity pub is good. I mean, not that I, I be believe that, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think in that kind of way, like it can get people. I mean, yeah, that, that's a whole another sort of ethical debate. But yeah. you know, I guess that was it. You know, obviously at the time, you know, you were doing that, and I could sort of see that you were doing something really cool that people really loved. And I was then on your case to sort of try go a bit more legitimate. And I remember, because we then sort of like started talking more regularly. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I think all through 2018, because it was end of 2017 we met. And yeah. And all through 2018 we were chatting a lot. I think probably because probably I could, yeah, I don't know, being in the industry and know, you know, could sort of relate quite a bit. And I felt like maybe just had, yeah. a, you know, just was like, oh, you know, you're cool. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and all the rest of it. And you constantly telling me that I should start a label. Yes. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> that'll never work. Because obviously my brain, like, you know, I, you know, it's part of my role of what I do is to see ideas and can see these things. And I could see what you were doing. And I was very much, yeah, I was on your case to be like, you should start a label. We start the Subantics label. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, you know, yeah, classic, maybe, classic maybe one day. Maybe that is your realistic, pessimistic oh, like, 100%, side, 100%, of, side 100%, of yourself. I, yourself. I mean, I'm kind of glad that you didn't because we probably wouldn't be sat here today if you, if you had started your label. You would have gone off and... Oh mate, you think you could have actually just gone off and done your done it all yourself, and you could have been massive, right? I now. could have been huge. <laughs> I could have been huge. I would have been all stars. Instead, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Look, maybe instead you have to be ooh, credible overview. Oh, edgy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was it. I think that's what set, sets it up quite nicely. Was because obviously, yeah, you, you know, you were doing that. I was kind of on your case. Then what happened to me happened, and yeah. I found myself labelless. 
and labelless. Labelless. <laughs> I was labelless in the wilderness, needing to, to kind of do something. And then that kind of like, yeah, it sort of hit me to start a label. Yeah, you didn't waste much time. We definitely didn't. I mean, I've been, to be funny enough, I've actually been tracking back recently, looking at the timeline a bit, because I was kind of very interested to look at, you know, when stuff happened and how long it took to sort of get everything. It, it is quite mad how quick it turned around. But I remember clearly, you know, that happening. And then about two weeks later, it was like, right, gonna gonna start this label. And, and I, for whatever reason, I mean, it's a little, you know, trying to remember exactly, but I remember thinking exactly at the time that you would be, like a really good person to have involved. Why, thank you. Why, thank you. Yeah, I don't know. Like I could, you know, I think it was because, you know, I could see a lot of, see a lot of myself in what you were doing. And I really, you know, because I, I didn't want to do it on my own, I don't think. And, I, you know, I guess I, guess I kind of like headhunted you in a way because I was very much like, yeah. you know, but you didn't quite take it to the idea straight away. I don't, yeah. I was obviously like... The pessimistic yeah. side of you again. I was I was flattered. Like, this is a nice offer, but I think in my head, I'm looking at all of these labels and I'm like, oh, that took them 15 years. That took blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, the, I know Lifestyle have been going for quite a while at that point. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Fights, in, yeah. in my head, I'm like, oh, like are we just going to have to put music out for a long time that I don't believe in? Because I believe at that time I had an ear for what quality was like and when a label normally starts or has started that I'd been aware of at the time, you kind of, you go through this stage of releasing, in my opinion, some, sometimes some subpar music until you can kind of get to a level where you're drawing in bigger artists. Well, I suppose to say it's, it's harder to get some of the bigger or more established or oh for sure you know, like, who, who's this guy like, who are these guys yeah <laughs> yeah 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 exactly but it yeah it, I, I don't know we spoke about it and there was I, an idea for a first release well i think i think that was it because i sort of looked back at the timeline and i could see that like i sort of had got a couple of bits in and i feel like that kind of change if uh, forgive me if i'm wrong but i feel like that kind of changed your no no i'd agree. mind a bit because it was like you know, got a couple of tracks and it was like, oh, holy shit, these are actually really good. Yeah, everything I'd, I'd heard that you'd sent over that you'd already organized, it was like Harsh Cold and I think you had the Lockjaw tune as well. The Lockjaw, Save the Azo me. bit, Azo. E yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Approach. So yeah. there, was a, there was a good few tunes. And I also clearly remember it because I remember, you know, we were still talking and then you told me what your day job was which oh, yeah. was being a video animator. Yes, yeah, yeah, I do motion graphics as a living. So if anyone <laughs> didn't know, that is what Ollie, also everything that is like visual in that respect. I mean, it's a bit spread out a bit more these days. Yeah, but sort of ease the workload. The, we walk the most, most of it is. Yeah. But I remember that, you telling me that, and then I basically was like, you don't have a choice right no. now. Like <laughs> that is like, that was just like, it was just like, I mean, I, I, I'm a believer in, you know, I mean, circumstances, coincidence, whatever. Because I didn't even know that. I think that's the thing is I didn't, I did not know that no, was what It was did. after you'd asked me. I can't even remember how it came up, but it ended up being that I did the animations for Overview Part 1. Because that's, yeah, because I'm a, I'm a graphic designer. And so obviously I could take care of that bit. And then when I found out that you were a video animator, it was just like, holy shit, this is just- Meant to be. This is meant to be. This is too perfect. Like you're saying coincidences or whatever. Cause like you said, I'd, I'd approached you before I even knew that. And then finding that out, 
it was just like, well, we have to do this. Like, yeah. I, I think, I think it was at a point where Instagram and sort of having graphics for each release was becoming more normal, wasn't it? I feel like it, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't so commonplace, I think. That everyone was doing. That everyone no. doing, especially not labels of like our level yeah. at the time. You know, you had- Well, it's quite an expensive thing to do if you outsource it. It's very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> properly if you go to like a proper like hundred percent you know animation studio like you can pay a lot of money i mean for artwork and Mm, you know and animation i mean that for for a package i mean i suppose that's the thing and that's what we i think that was what was so perfect and what we're very lucky for is that yeah like he's saying it costs a lot of money to do that whereas if i can do the artwork you can do the videos and the stuff at the time i mean maybe i'd look back on it now and cringe but at the time it was of a quality where like i we thought it was good and people seem to think it was good. i i I still look back at that overview part one promo and i am so proud of it like it looks i'd need to go back and it looks so good like no like it really like i remember that that opening graphic that we put out with the big wings. triangle and the triangle it was so ominous and ominous om- 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 it was so ominous and spacey and like it was marcus the big up to wingo it was his track strained which was just epic and it yeah, was so intro. you know the, the the kind of teasers that we then got kind of known for where you know you put up this what is it kind of thing give away a bit of the drop like yeah, yeah. that was very much like and again probably I, I don't remember too many people doing that in drum and bass at the time in that way. Like, you know, almost like taking a leaf out of like movie trailers kind of kind of like vibe to just tease a lot. And I remember, and I said, still looking back at it today, like it was just such a strong way to do it. And, and, and the fact that, you know, we could just do it. Um, and yeah, you know, I guess that's probably, you know, the big, big starting point. And then obviously you kind of yeah, for sure. agree, agreed. You're like, okay, Pete, you know, <laughs> okay. let's, let's do it. And I mean, yeah, the rest is history, really. The rest I mean, is history. You know, we'd have to go over like <laughs> absolutely everything of the last five years because there's a lot. But I think that's like the key to, key to our... Yeah, a bit of an intro of how it came to be. Well, and the, the key to our working relationship because yeah. I think that's what some people a lot of people know they're obviously around us and you know hopefully we're getting this out to a few more people that maybe don't know fully but it's the fact that we were able to start a label and do everything just between you and me yeah yeah i kept it completely in-house things that we definitely would have been wouldn't have been able to afford at the time no 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 i mean i i I had no money i had literally no money at the time of starting overview yeah so the the whole label was built on in-house skills and connections with artists from previous relationships and like yeah through the sub annex page and especially your lifestyle and well i think that was always the quality you know the the fact that you know because i that was always a something that i felt that i was strong at which was finding good music having a good ear for it and because and and that's that takes a skill that is a skill and you have been able to like match that if not surpass it (laughs) you know oh yeah that's definitely which i think which has actually been a fun again another fun part of our you know not that i would say that it is like i don't think we ever like sit there no you're not well i've signed more this no 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 one's ever keeping track or tally but you want to like if you sign something good then i want to be trying to source like something as well and it's it's a friendly sort of 
yeah, positive like, yeah, I, yeah, I'd I'd say so. Like you're saying, like you, you know, you want to keep up that kind of thing because it is like, oh shit, you know, what have you got to bring to the table? Yeah, you, you and know, it's, it's, it's a mutual respect to? for each other where you kind of almost want to like be like, oh look at this, and then you both are like, this is sick. Yeah, what like, you want to please the other person. Yeah, and well, yeah, no, no, I think that's it. And like you know, I think and as as <laughs> as, as proved, like it's kind of worked. I mean, I feel like yeah, I think it really has been like the kind of joining of two strong yes two strong entities that's kind of proven that it can work i mean you know without you know we've certainly had a you know had our moments and and stuff as as well everyone will have like but in general i think it's been well we're still here yeah and i'm still going strong well yeah and uh yeah you know I'm, i'm still you know i'm just very pleased that it it did happen and nice and we're able to have a grateful well done, mate. Well done. Well, well done. Well, 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 well. Oh, you're just so amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> like- so that, I guess that is like a little bit of a backstory. I mean, like I said, some people, some people know all this. I don't want to like tread over the exact ins and outs, but that's certainly how we met and founded the relationship. And now, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it's almost still that today, really. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, there's a, you know, we've had a couple of people, you know, we've got some, I mean, some people to probably big up for for the five years of overview would be Matthew Museum, um, who, because I kind of did the first few original artworks and then Matt came in and started helping out a lot more with the visual side of it. Yeah, he really Um, helped like shape our aesthetic at the time. Yeah, I think, I'd say I did, I said I did the first, Two releases for definite. I was still, do, I mean, I still occasionally would still do some of the artwork now, but yeah. yeah he, I think he came on for Wings first, wasn't he it? He did do the Wings yeah. um, detractor. Yeah. Shattered Perception. Perception yeah. Um, and he did, yeah, he did that artwork and then he really, really has been, yeah, you know, still today, I mean, we still did the Zone 3 release, so he's been someone we've been... Yeah, yeah, bleep test, not, well, I say not too long ago, that's already a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of not not too long ago. Right go buy a copy, please, do go buy a copy. <laughs> did, the, did the five years of overview artwork as yeah, well, yeah, so yeah. big up to Matthew Museum. You've definitely, yeah, um, you know, someone very important as well. Uh, we've been working with Hydre as well quite a bit recently. Yes, yeah, um, super talented. You know, there's been a few sort of like artists from that respect. Uh, I probably would say, I mean, I don't, I'm just doing a thank you now. I'm just re- reeling off thank yous. <laughs> Louis Lockjaw as well. He did a lot of our early mastering. We had him as an early mastering engineer. We're now using Height and Hayden. Yeah. Uh, so big up to them. But, you know, so we've obviously, you know, there's those sort of, you know, the people that we use, but, you know, still in general, and that's I think what is the quite incredible thing. I know I'm saying it. I mean, you know, but it, <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, it is the fact that you know we have created this label, and it's it's still so much just us two. Yeah. And and yeah, and that can be. It's a lot of work. Like yeah, it is, it is a lot of work. Felt that felt that recently. Some some long days and some evenings. Yeah, but. I mean the last yeah the last few months have been been nuts yeah they've been crazy and the, you know and obviously th- that's the thing is the project's growing you know the yeah the, the workload is is getting bigger i mean i'm i'm i am full-time now so overview is my full we're, we're getting you there yeah we're getting yeah, you we'll there. Get there um but yeah you know as i said essentially you know it is still very much us two you know at the helm and it i think that's been a really strong part of overview is that 
yeah, the, we, there is just us two. We don't, you know, we, we don't have to rely. We're not waiting on artwork if we don't need to. We're not waiting on animation if we don't need to. We have a lot. Yeah. It creates a lot of freedom. Um, you know, it creates a lot of freedom for the label to, for us to be able to flourish and, and be able to offer that for, for artists and not be waiting around all the time. And yeah, and, and, and I think that's a fun thing, you know, it's, it's, it's creating, isn't it? We get to just, we get to do what we want to do. No, for sure. And I think if on the creative side, if you were now to bring another entity in, maybe for want of a better term, but it wouldn't be like overview anymore. On like in mm. terms of having real creative input, maybe A and R on the music. I mean, yeah, you can get people to help as long as you get the final say. But it's very much been built on our ears and eyes. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I think that is the core of what Overview is: is the vision that we've sort of created with it, and and the artists and their journeys. Yeah, they're the key key people. Yeah. I think I think that's actually another interesting point as well to make because obviously we you know we work. I mean, I'm, I can't sit here and thank absolutely every artist, but we are whole, wholeheartedly, I am wholeheartedly thank, thankful for all of the artists that have been involved with this label from the start. I mean, obviously without them, we would not be anywhere. And we're so oh, lucky to work with- No music, no label. No, exactly. <laughs> but I think the other interesting perspective of us is that we aren't producers. We aren't musically trained. No, we are just music lovers. We, just are, about we are DJs. fans. You can just about. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we're fans. We're fans, yes, and we yeah. very much come at it from that angle. And I think that has also been a very different factor for us because I would say that you look at majority of the other labels around us, and most of them are, are helmed by a producer or you know a musician which don't get me wrong like i think that that is obviously a very very you know great thing to have and uh, and i think that's the thing is like pros and cons with it yeah there's definitely perks to that and i know a lot of artists will be attracted to a label based on the producer that's sort of running it and to get that help yeah to get the help get insights maybe gain a relationship with that person or just learn stuff from them which mm. is completely understandable. But I think then we come out from the complete other side where it's like fans and taking it more at just value of the music and vibe that you sort of get from it. There's obviously quality control, which we like listen out for. And the, the more time's gone on, the more you really can hear the sort of details and maybe offer a bit more technical insight. But, but not so much. I think I feel like our feedback is always a bit more... You know, it's less specific in yeah. terms of like, right, this, the, the, the EQ, this, the hertz of this <laughs> snare are hitting, you know, it needs to change like this kind of thing. It's more like on a, on a vibe perspective or, or more broad creative things, which I think can be a very good thing for producers to sometimes get that kind of feedback rather than it be too nitpicky and too specific um and fundamentally you know we, we you know i think working with really talented people that to give them the freedom you know that's what we're, i think we've always said right from the start of the label is is to give them the freedom to express themselves as much as they want and that's the environment you want to create for a roster and i, I mean to give yeah, everyone credit i think our roster at a point is that everyone a and r's themselves pretty much like 
Well, the other artists they and R themselves, you mean? Or the artists themselves they and themselves. themselves. Well, themselves. Like by the time an EP gets to us to the point where the artist is happy with it, like it's going to be of a quality because that artist is experienced enough and... Yeah, good enough to like, yeah, but we just thought, well, I think it's, it's I, we like the tunes. It's like, it's, it's, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think it's if the artist is happy with what they've done, yeah, that you know, if the artist is happy and we're happy, that's usually a pretty good sign that you're on and that's usually a good, quite rarely sort of disagreements. I find, oh, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's, you know, the, yeah, I think there's, you know, a, one or two tunes, you know, or something might come through and just be like, no, I don't think this is quite for us. Yeah. You know, or or push an artist because we think that they could bring something stronger to the table if if that was the case. But in general, you know, we do like you're saying, we do offer that that creative freedom. Yeah, it would more be like let's give this project a bit more time because we feel like it's missing maybe a track to sort of gel it all together or like a lead or something. But not trying to sort of creatively dictate. Yes, yeah, exactly. No, and and I think you know if you sort of look at it. Um, oh, I think your mic's. Uh, How's it come out? Oh no, you're testing. Okay. Gotta be careful. No, I thought I'd that. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, as I said, like giving the artists that that freedom, and I feel like the best work that we've ever usually got from Overview is that is is yeah, when yeah, I'd agree. You know, I mean, I, you know, to pick the bleep test DP as one example. I mean, I think Coherent didn't even send us any of the tracks until it was done. Oh yeah, it was like 90%. I think yeah, we just it was when it needed mastery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, you know, I, I mean that's a funny position. Not that we let every every artist. I mean, look, different artists are different and some want more involvement, others don't need as as much involvement, but you know, again, we were we were fine with that and having that sort of trust, and I think building building that you know on trust and creating that safe and free environment is what helps the artists succeed. And I think that is what we have been good at. Yeah, no, I'd agree. You're just so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> God's sake. Oh, well, we're getting a little bit on the philosophical side of it. Um, I think for the sake of this not being uh, a 10 hours, hour yeah. podcast uh, <laughs> and just going through the whole of the last five years, we will get tucked in to a few of the questions uh, because I feel like this is also going to get give a bit of an interesting insight into into how we work and our sort of thoughts on how we work and, and overview works. So the first question here is from C. I can't, I was supposed to write down who who it is. I don't know whether or not that is Frank. I know that Frank... This is a Discord alias. Frank, Frank Poems, uh, I asked for some questions and Frank, well, he's a music journalist. Big up to Frank. Uh, he, he works with Rendermag and if you don't know Rendermag, definitely go, do go and check them out. And he has given us a lot of questions. <laughs> um... So the first one is, when you receive demos from unknown producers and they are good, does it matter how big they are? Would you release an upcoming artist with really good music or would you have second thoughts because of how well known he is or she is? Shall I start? Yeah, please. Yeah. I'm asking. The, <laughs> yeah. I, I think at the core of it, no, it shouldn't matter. Uh, I feel there's a but coming here. Is I there a but coming there, here? There is a but, but it's only, it's sort of context-based from where we are with, we have a very big roster. The schedule gets very full and 
also you want to be able to offer the roster shows evenly so i think now we're in the position where we have a roster we can be a little more picky but i wouldn't say that's based on followers Hmm. it's just being more picky with the music because if we got sent i don't know just an ep from some guy we'd never heard of and it was some of the best music we'd heard oh yeah yeah we'd sign it i don't i don't think there'd be any sort of bias there based on how well known they are so maybe so maybe there's more of a clear-cut answer just just no but you do want to you don't want to grow the roster so big to the point where you can't offer every you can't offer people shows opportunities opportunities yeah the right attention they deserve you don't want your artists waiting 18 months for a release just because the schedule's so big but at the core of it i'd say i'd say no i I think there is might there might be like a bias there subconsciously where let's say let's let's turn it on its head and say a big artist came through with music that wasn't that good but you've been a fan of them for a long time you've never worked with them they're way bigger than the label maybe i think there is a sort of inclination to accept the music based on the name but you do have to be careful and really try not to do that i feel like we've been pretty good with that though yeah I mean, no, no, we've no. had loads and loads of you know loads and loads of bigger artists but I would try not to like no, I still would need to believe it even if I didn't think that like that track was their best track that yeah. they've ever made if it was still like a solid track yeah I would accept it if it was a bad track or no, I really didn't that's rate what, that's it that's what it needs to be avoided that's what yeah I think you, you know I think you are selling yourself uh, selling yourself a bit short if you were that and and look I, you know I would say you know I'm, I'm in a similar sort of agreement there Yeah, I don't think it matters. I think it does matter, like, how, you know, whether you're there, like, say you're unknown, but, you know, you've still got a good thing going on within your circle, even if that circle is quite small and you can see that they are quite good at, you know for for without for want of a better word marketing or engaging with their audience and i know they're all sort of buzzwords and shit fucking music <laughs> industry shit but you know if they are if they do do that quite well even on a smaller scale that can also be enticing i think for a label because it's like you could see where it could scale again using shitty marketing <laughs> careful, speak careful 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 i've got to be i've got to be legitimately underground here um you know and i think that can be important because i feel like it can go it can go hand in hand where you can see someone even if they don't you know have the biggest following but yeah first and foremost fundamentally the most important thing is the music really above above and beyond anything obviously it's great to have strong parts of every everything but yeah i mean i mean look you know i think a big example probably recently is uh is azo is is azotics really because you know he he was unknown yeah completely i mean came up through our discord really that's (laughs) (laughs) yeah like little you know romania you know kid you know far end of romania uh you know i think he was what like 16 when he wrote tusk i think i think so you know and and i think he wasn't unknown in the same respect of there were people within a small circle that he knew and knew him so i think that kind of you know, counted for something because there were people kind of like bigging him up and maybe giving him a, a bit of help and and whatever. But he was very unknown. Like, you know, he never released anywhere at that point. No. And and it was like a case of like, 
okay, like this is fresh. Like I can see, you know, consider his age. It was like, you could hear her, hear something way beyond his, his age. Oh, for sure. You know, to, to where, to where he was. And it was like, okay. Like, and you know, maybe there was a point of like, it was a bit like, let's, let's take a punt here. Yeah. And, I like that. We like the kid. He's oh, he's fun. amazing. Yeah, he's always amazing. Well, I think that helps. Yeah, again, like <laughs> you know, it did. You know, he fitted nicely in with with the other people that we are, and he was a big fan of the label. And and yeah, we said we took a punt, and you know that without you know went to number one. Uh, really, really well supported. Really well received yeah. release, and it and that to to us, you know, and to me goes to show that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether or not they didn't have, he didn't have X amount of followers or X amount of presence beforehand. The music was good enough and I believed in him enough. Yeah. And and that's our job is to help amplify his voice and help amplify his music and, and give him a platform to show him. And now, now loads of people know who Azo yeah, is. You yeah. know, he's, you know, probably one of the real sort of like, you know, next gen, you know, up and comers coming through, you know, there's probably other artists, I, you know, Casper, uh, Casper ways. I mean, if yeah. If you want to go really far back to our first year. Yeah. I think it was yellow at the time at, at order. Now a Ruben. Or dear. Or dear. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So he, he, he was friends with Casper or is friends with Casper and forwarded these demos through from a guy called ways. I remember being on the train and you were doing something and you couldn't check them and you forwarded them through and I was sitting listening on the train. I just remember like being like, holy shit, <laughs> these I, are really good. I think my, my memory of that actually was that I, cause I couldn't listen to it at the time. And then you came through and were like, yeah, yeah. Sign it, sign it yeah. now. And like, and I remember just like, and I, and I, and Casper probably knows this, but I actually just was like, right, let's sign it. I hadn't actually even listened to it at that point. I appreciate I, the trust. I, yeah, have that trust in yourself. And I mean, fucking hell, like look at what happened there really. Like, and, and, and he was complete. I mean, he not had any drum and bass. Was it like glitch point. hop or something? I want to say, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So he wasn't, again, I mean, was unknown. Oh uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd never heard the name. No, no. And again, like, you know, took him, took him on um i mean yano probably sits in that you know category i mean to be honest with you i think like really there are you know quite a lot of producers that we have worked with you know and i think that's what we have you know certainly i mean whether or not we do it as much as we have done but i feel that's one thing that we have got is really helping break mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the roster is like grassroots core people that we've brought through and are now hanging around. But I guess, yeah, you always will be constantly doing that. But to be mindful of the roster becoming 45 artists, you, you can't be like I mean, I guess, constantly. Yeah, I guess that is where, yeah, like it has changed from, say, yeah, even three years ago. Oh, I remember times where it was like we were like three months out from a release and we like don't have anything like in. Yeah. And now it's like a, a scramble to get everything in for the next six months to a year. So yeah, I can't complain there, but yeah, there's yeah. definitely a lot more sourcing music at the start, which you can expect for any label. And, and I think it's that thing of like the, yeah, the, the bar of, of entry has kind of got consistently higher as, as we've kind of got gone in. 
and being mindful of like you're saying how big the roster is how much opportunity we can offer yeah so yeah you know you it's got to be really good it's got to be really special to be able to compete with music from the likes of ways from the likes of Jarfield, you know and that's that's not an easy thing. No, like, yeah, at that at the moment, it is probably the hardest it ever has been to get something signed on the label. But I guess that is quite normal as a label progresses, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, just, yeah, it's got to be. And I think that's a, te- a testament to what we what we do and, and the ethos that we have. But yeah, still don't, like, yeah, for anybody out there that, you know, because there's a lot of people, you know, they do the same. You know, my goal, my ambition is to be on Overview. And yeah, it's look, it's, it's far from like it's far from closed off, uh, mm. you know, completely. And it might be a bit more open. It might be a bit more. Well, oh dear, don't. No, it's saying it's more. Maybe we're gonna, we can have a little. That's a little teaser. <laughs> that's all it said, man. Um, yeah, so you know, the things are always changing, and yeah, you know, yeah, it's still it's still possible. You know, as as Azo has proved, you know, we've got a couple of others. Kind of look, I think we're going to be blooding a few people this year as well. So, you know, things are always evolving. You know, some artists move on, you know, we've certainly worked with people that we don't still work with today. Yeah. And, you know, so it's, it's always evolving, but we're trying not, not to get too bloated, I guess. It's always the yeah, danger, yeah. I think. With- Can be a fine line. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that's, that's question one. Question one is done. Got through one. Uh, question two kind of re- realised this. It says, writers' camps, are these only for artists on the label? If so, are there plans to do writers' camps for us upcoming folks to partake in? I think at the moment, yes, they are just for artists, mainly due to the, the effort of logistics and the amount it costs to put them on. And everything that goes into, so you, yeah, especially the ones in Europe when you're flying people. But um, yeah, this this is what I was kind of talking about previously, where you want to be able to offer the roster equal things and certain. I'll try to stop. No, no, keep on talking. I think one of the mics is uh, a nice, uh, nice fun with the mics today. I don't know what's going on. I'll just start again. We'll edit out. Okay, returning okay, we're from back. technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. But I have got to very much keep a track on what is. Just making sure that everything is okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll repeat the question just in case your mic did lose that. Yeah. Uh, writers' camps, are they only for artists on the label? If so, are there plans to do writers' camps for us up and coming folk to partake in? Long story short, <laughs> uh, they're not for other people at the moment. No, I mean, yeah, I, as I was saying in the previous question, you have a big roster, you want to be able to os- offer this roster things, they're giving you music and you want to be able to offer them shows and opportunities like writers camps. So I think with the logistics of setting them up, the cost of setting them up, they are very much reserved for, yeah, roster artists. I, I feel like, I feel like as well, like, Although there could be like up and com- coming to a d- to a degree artists involved, yeah, they would need to be involved in overview, and they would le- at least yeah. to kind of know some of the people on the roster and be okay. Because I think if you were to like, yeah, you know, obviously have so for example, ways and clinical in a in a writers camp, and then just like a random producer that we picked off the internet who you know it could be that would be a very strange uh dynamic yeah i mean it'd be a great opportunity to offer 
people coming into the label. I mean, but unless they want to pay us four grand uh, <laughs> to be at the Riot's camp. I mean, to be fair with you, I, from that question, I did actually think it could be a good business idea to, you know, if you could, I mean, people probably God, do. God, you're going to monetize this. <laughs> <laughs> Where my brain goes to straight away. I mean, you could, you could, you know, yeah, I mean, people could, you know, do, partake in a writer's camp that you organized. But then it could, and it could be a bit bait, especially if you are doing it with, you know, one of the art, bigger artists or whatever, you know, force people to do that kind of thing. You don't, I think the thing is you don't want to no. force stuff. It's a fine line. Obviously like the writer's camp is kind of forcing stuff to, to a degree, but. But it's all friends and people that want to be there and are excited to work with each other. And then yeah. in there it is a very family environment. It's a lot of fun. So it's a bit of shithousery but everyone's there for the same sort of reason and has like an eclective I mean everyone likes the same music yeah like and everyone is of an overview sound so it all sort of works and gels and pe- people know their marching orders <laughs> so maybe 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 one day but um, certainly not at the moment I'm very sorry to let you let you down yeah. um so going to some more questions here from Frank. These are going to be some <laughs> questions from Frank now. Big up to Frank. Uh, what's one skill you need to have while running a label that you didn't foresee at the outset? Something unexpected. Oh, I might have to have a little think on that. Unexpected skill. Unexpected. Because there's all the sort of normal ones, which you can apply to any sort of job, which will help like organization, etc., etc. Mm. that's uh yeah that is an interesting uh that is an interesting what's the skill you had to pick up on the way maybe that you didn't anticipate maybe (laughs) i mean i i certainly i mean whether or not it's a skill but i think that we we didn't anticipate that it was going to be quite as successful quite as quick as it was yes i think because we did it you know i know you were sort of you know mentioned earlier about the fact that you know you you were like oh it's going to take a while to get to a certain level and you know and it we and we had around me and like four or five releases oh yeah four releases i think it was our fourth release was around me which is still to this day one of our biggest ever tracks yeah and, and sort of from that, you know, and we very much, you know, got a buzz and got something going really quite quickly. And, you know, even within one year, you know, we were doing shows in London, had had some international shows. So I think like that was unexpected. And I think from that, you had to kind of learn the skill of being able to sort of handle quite a high level running label quite quickly yeah i mean like just on the admin side i mean you've had to pick a lot of that up that's one skill that you have done all the royalties and stuff has been sort of self-taught and using uh the services provided by a distributor but like yeah and just, just managing the finances so you can get everyone paid and a lot of like the admin of calculating royalties and putting them all into spreadsheets and stuff i sort of i don't think i anticipated that maybe a bit naively but i'd never been involved at a label i think i think neither of us did really (laughs) i mean i was running the royalties for a bit and i definitely overpaid quite a lot of people because of the way that i did i mean that is that is something uh because the way that i was doing it i'm not i could be better with my with my like numerical skills 
I'm definitely not as bad as it as as it is, but you, I feel you're certainly a lot better at it than me, uh, and that's definitely a skill that you've really yeah, had to no, get your head I've, around. I've had to hone that, and then even just like understanding publishings and contracts, and yeah, a lot a lot of the back end stuff, I'd say, because I'd sort of prepared myself the boring kind of, stuff, the bo- yeah, yeah, the sort of fun signing music A and R side. I felt like came quite naturally, and I sort of expected that, but. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of admin and taxes and everything and stuff that goes into a business that you... I mean, yeah, of course, you you know that it's going to be there, but you kind of, I don't know. I was quite young. I didn't think about it too much, but that's been a big learning curve. No, I think it has. And I think it's touching on that kind of, you know, going from it being a hobby and being a bit of an amateur to actually being professional and and running a professional business and having to learn the skills that are involved that i mean like you said is that unexpected it shouldn't be but as i said it happened quite rapidly and and we certainly have had to learn that and, yeah. and it was certainly wasn't as expected to be as quick as it was and we've really had to learn yeah. <laughs> learn as we go yeah and like time goes so quickly and all of a sudden you're a year two years in you've got this amount of people the on the roster the label's making x amount of money and everyone needs to be paid every six months and kind of just yeah it creeps up on you but yeah it's all, it's all sorted and in a in a good place with a good system you're here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I try. I try. No one will be getting paid otherwise. <laughs> um, so thank you very much, Frank, for that question. Okay, another question here from Frank. Uh, how do you keep up with so many different artists and promos? Your inbox must be insanely stuffed. To that, I would say yes, it yeah. is insanely stuffed. I mean, I don't think when you're kind of in the middle of it, you sometimes don't realize how many messages you do receive i would say it's one thing that we i do prioritize as a skill and i think we're both very good at is being very responsive and being very on the communication yeah yeah with the roster especially with group chats and the infamous group chats chats. (laughs) basically there is pretty much a group chat with us two and every artist on the label in separate group and 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 then a group chat for every event and a group chat for between management pete Pete loves a group chat the roster love to remind him i mean i would i we probably should it'd be quite funny to actually total up how many group chats we are in (laughs) it's probably got to be pushing i mean probably over probably God, would it be near in a hundred? Yeah, I, I mean, probably wouldn't with, with be all surprised. the extinct ones from old events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it might actually be like that. I mean, that is. I mean, look. I think that's the thing. Is it like it is? It is a lot to keep up with. I mean, how do you keep up with it? I think it's just being on the case and being, you know, not ignoring it. I think is a is a big one. Yeah, because if you let if you do slip and i don't know i mean everyone's gonna have holiday and take weeks off but you try and make people aware if you're gonna do that but if you do if you let it build up then it can just be this sort of like hole that you have to dig yourself out of and it, it can kind of get a, I've, I've done it before i mean i had a rough time through covid and uh in lockdown just I, yeah mental health suffered a bit back in 2020 and i remember letting my inbox get ridiculously oh, big at one point i think it was two three weeks i was just like i kind of just cut myself out of like doing anything drum and bass related and almost the anxiety of seeing like the messages build up and sort of made it worse and made returning to it and like handling it and replying to everyone like even harder <laughs> so yeah it's just it's keeping on top of it keeping the communication open with everyone because yeah 
but I think having two of us definitely helps there. I think I think that's actually a big point. Actually, yeah. the fact that yeah, because if one artist is trying to maybe get hold of someone and can't get hold of them, you can yeah, they, then they can keep up with it. Obviously, the fact that we both check the emails, so yeah. if something if I miss something that you don't. Um, you know that we kind of like have each we have each other as a safety net in that in that respect. Yeah, and and yeah, like I said, like you know, my my real thing is just yeah, really keeping up 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 with it. You know, trying to, I mean, sometimes it can be detrimental because I think people can become you know very expectant. But I f- certainly feel a pressure. You know, I if someone messages me, I try to get back to them, you know, almost straight away because I I certainly can find that if you go you know unless you make a note you know i'm trying to get a lot better with my organization to be like reply to this person message this person i think organization is a big is a big key there in terms of having a calendar having a to-do list and making sure you remember that stuff because it's very easy to go oh yeah i'll get back to that you know a bit later and then it just completely slip and then a month has passed and then you're just like, oh fuck, I was supposed to message so-and-so. And and that's, you know, and that's how you can, you know, miss opportunities that way. I think, you know, things can move very, very quickly in the music industry when it comes to events. You can get a demo and then if you didn't reply and try and sign it, if you liked it, like, oh, weeks passed and someone snapped it up. Yeah, yeah. A month, two months, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And it's still, you know, it's still still far from perfect, but... I think it's certainly, you know, I think if you ask anybody that we work with, they will say, you know, yeah, they're really good with with communication and you will get, you know, get get replies back quite quickly and 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 yeah, that's 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 our that's our philosophy. Um but it it is a bit much sometimes. There is a lot of messages, but we ask for it. You can't really you can't really have it comes with the territory do you want to do you want to answer a quick do you want to read it out yeah, we'll do yeah, a little we'll do a little back of we can do a little back and forth if you want okay so i think this is from frank as well it is from frank big up frank <laughs> do you think all slash most producers can benefit from a label are there any sorts of artists better off going solo slash self-releasing does one have to sign to a label to make it at some point in their career within drum and bass at least Yes, labels are the most important thing that has ever existed and any artist would be very, very unwise to do anything else, mainly, especially if you release with Overview as well. So that's my that's my answer for that one. <laughs> no, no in, all, in all seriousness, I think, yeah, depending on the label, depends on the artist. I think if we're talking drum and bass and especially the sort of stuff we release, if you are new and coming through, I think, yeah, having a label to use their resources, use their following, like take up on the opportunities of shows and things like writers camps and mingling with their roster, making collabs, that sort of thing, super beneficial. And yeah, if, if, if you're someone who's maybe not particularly pre- prevalent on social media, marketing's not your, your forte, the label can take a lot of that on themselves as that is our, our job and can push the artist, which I think is very beneficial. I think if you're saying, are there any sorts of artists that are better off going solo or self-releasing? I think that comes to when you're at a sort of higher level. Like, I've grown a lot. Some and some. I think it is changing because of how 
easy it is for people to 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 self-release. I think it could depend on, yeah, like you're saying, the context of it. How you know your your music. Well, like, anyone can if you've got a somewhat good enough following you can go release your stuff on Bandcamp etc are you then going to be getting shows from a particular label well, probably not mm. maybe getting booked at just sort of one off nights like being on a roster can help with that and yet you would be missing out on some opportunities but then I don't know your artists like a sort of sceptical and the halogenics who although I think you have to work with with the critical exit have gone and done their their own labels because they have such a following that I mean it seems to, it seems to be the playbook for uh you know a lot of artists now yeah you know especially within drum and bass I mean I, I don't know if it's the same in in house and techno and and other genres but it definitely does seem to be yeah that real thing of yeah build up a career to a point then self-release when you've got the kind of platform and uh, yeah i think that's the thing is like there's there's pros and cons to to both ways obviously you can have depending on the label you work with you know you can have a lot more freedom self-releasing but then like saying if you don't have the resources don't have the platform it can be a real challenge um i think think a lot of artists your mic's gone again (laughs) yeah i think so hello hello yeah you're back Oh god, how long was that gone? No, no, I don't think it was too long. <laughs> These cables. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, sorry, as I was saying, um, I think it depends if an artist wants to do that and put in the sort of, I know loads of people that really would not be asked with having to sort out their artwork and all the the the, the, vi- the video animation, putting it through a distributor and taking on that responsibility. Some do, some don't. I think, I think if you, you know, I think if you are, you know, a multidisciplined artist that is capable of doing multiple things, then yeah, like, you know, if you only just then need a bit of help to do some things and and you can do that yourself and feel, feel comfortable with it, then, you know, why not? I think, you know, one of the big examples I think recently was near archives who was from what is said you know was struggling to get her music signed to labels and then did just decide to go self-release it and it blew up massively and and it she was obviously good at marketing herself she and and having the kind of aesthetic and and being really on it and and it worked out amazingly for her obviously now she's not still self-releasing she is with with a major but it the major of almost amplified what she's still doing in a way like it still feels very similar to how how she did start to do it um so yeah there's just there's many different paths and i don't yeah. think there's not a right and a wrong answer i think it's case specific and yeah no very very context based in terms of it might apply differently to even the sounds of like uh, the subgenres of drum and bass like it would be different for someone in jump up maybe at the moment than it would in the more sort of minimal techie sort of side like we are because it's all context based on the size of the scene the size of the artist the size of the labels around that want to work with that person or potentially could work with that person mm. i think it's all very dependent on quite a few factors Okay. To somewhat answer that. No, somewhat I, answer I, I that. need to answer this question. I'll ask this question. <laughs> Are you, why do you need, you need to answer? You need to answer. It's, it's a simple one. Energy EP, when? Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> that is that one. Uh, 
not very soon is what I will say. Um, maybe one day, like the idea of, of releasing music does, uh, does intrigue me. I would like, I've always enjoyed sort of sitting in and, and helping with, with, with music and sample collecting and, and sounds and like that stuff does, does interest me. I think it's just the fact that I do so much and it, it, you know, it's so, it's so involved. Like, yeah, as, as we said, you know, it's only me and you doing this that- There is only so many hours in the day. There is. Especially with girlfriends and- Having a life. Yes. <laughs> you know, There's only so much time you can spend on a PC before it gets a bit unhealthy. Yeah, and, and like, you know, that, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, different people have different roles within the industry. And, and I've always felt very suited to being the kind of, yeah, I mean, I'm, although I'm quite front-facing, but being that kind of behind-the-scenes person that is, you know, I'm an event promoter, you know, making the events work, making the label work, uh, you know, and not taking that limelight. But, like, I have made some music before, and like I said, I, I think at some point I will, but... It's never too late. It's never too late. I just need to actually kind of, like, pull my finger out a little bit. I would like to work with... To be honest, I would like to work with someone that would be able to kind of like help take my ghost vision. Ghost right. Yeah, I just want someone <laughs> to just ghost write the, the energy EP for me. So if anyone out there does want to ghost write me an EP. Uh, I hear there's some great deals on Fiverr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 10 pound EP. Yeah, great. So yeah, maybe that answers that question anyway. Brilliant. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer this one then. Uh, if Overview had a mascot, what would it look like? Oh, God. Oh, you might need to help me on this one. I mean, my thought was like a giant eyeball. Maybe. Oh, what? Because of the eye? God, that's freaky. Because it's like Overview and like viewing, you view with an eye. So I'm thinking Our like- mascot's meant to be like cute and fluffy walking around. I don't around. have to be. No, no, no they no. can be absolutely terrifying. Should we get like a massive eyeball suit and you just kind of walk around in this big sphere? And, and well, you could you could have levers on the inside of it that you could pull and you could like shut the eyelid like over horrifying. the top of it. Oh, that would be so cool. That would be so cool. I think that would be my best answer. I don't think, I don't know if I really relate overview to like- Like an, an animal an, an animal no, or I something. I can't think of it. Yeah, and I probably is the right one. I think an I think an eyeball or or maybe like planet Earth maybe you could have a big planet Earth suit because obviously you have like the overview effect maybe like is that a bit self indulgent Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I feel like the eyeball. I think that would be a really like that would really stand out as a mascot to be honest. And if you could have a big eyeball like shut while people are like looking at it, that like, is really horrifying thought. Or, or you could like actually like move the eyeball like around, like <laughs> you know. I'm getting very detailed. So much here. thought into this. We're, like, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna make it happen. I'm gonna spend all <laughs> of our budget on making a giant eyeball mascot suit. I reckon you could do it semi cheaply somewhere. Uh, Maybe with the with the eye shutting, it might be getting a bit techy. Might be, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I and if anyone was to like dress up in a giant eyeball suit, it would be. It would be me. Yeah, it would definitely so, be. You. I mean, maybe the overview mascot at the moment. I mean, obviously, I have dressed up as quite a few different characters. I, f I feel like I feel like Detective Dick Johnson is the oh bloody hell. <laughs> going back. If anyone does know anything about that, he's been like a reoccurring character 
for a while. One of your alter egos. One of my alter, one of my many alter egos that I have. <laughs> or Julie Andrews from Sound of Music. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just, I am just the overview mascot, really. You probably are I am, at this point. I am the biggest mascot for overview, so yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm, I'm a bit camera shy, so this is, this is rare occurrence. <laughs> Usually make it, let him do it all. Okay. How do you educate and inform yourself so you can be a more effective label boss man, DJ extraordinaire? Um, I would say I am reading. Yeah, you do read a lot. I've got, I mean, obviously some people can see behind Ollie is, uh, there's like a big book bookcase. Uh, I like to learn. I do like to learn a lot. Yeah. I've got a lot of very, very pointless facts and information that, I could. You do know a lot about some really random things. I, I, you're a bit of a, you're a, bit of a pub pub quiz man. I mean, I, I am and I'm not. I mean, pub quizzes are actually quite difficult. I mean, I, I do just have. I have quite a, like. I was always very fascinated by encyclopedias as a kid, and like, like for instance, I was up till one a.m. waiting for you. Just I was on Wikipedia reading about the world's largest sports stadiums last night. Like that, that's the kind of like rabbit hole that I will like go on. Uh, but I will apply that into. Um, into the into the label as well because I always feel like yeah like constantly being on the case of learning and learning more information and and there's a lot of great books I mean I, I whether or not I kind of go down like there's some more specific music books I mean Rick Rubin's uh, Creative Act uh, is a is a really great book I read recently that is a lot more on that I'm reading through um, Richard Russell of XL Recordings book at the moment which. Uh, is really fascinating and there's been some amazing um yeah amazing information and uh, really relate to a lot in that book so i guess yeah for me that would be a big one i would say i don't i don't know what about yourself i i don't read as much as i i should at the moment i'm very a big podcast listener but that can be more just sort of as like broad life sort of skills and self-help and that sort of thing which does turn you into a more effective human label boss man dj extraordinaire <laughs> because it is turning you into a more effective human so yeah I'd, I'd say that i'd say there's a few people who have like let me pick their heads a bit guys like uh badger and uh, badger. amy amy for example yeah. who will happily sit and talk labels and bump into them shout out to those guys they've, yeah they've been helpful in instances when i've, I've talked to them so and just general sort of experience yeah going through the scene talking to people yeah i think i think i think trying to be quite open as well and and talking you know with artists you know always having that kind of you know getting feedback and, and hearing what is sort of said um i think can help it sort of inform you to be a better label manager because you know getting feedback and, and getting that you know you're saying experience to, to learn more and, and learn what people like and what people don't like and yeah, open dialogue with your artists everyone yeah create, creating an atmosphere where you, they feel like they can have an open dialogue and call you out if they think you've done something wrong or they disagree with you I mean that, that never really happens to you <laughs> <laughs> it's happened it's happened it happens a couple of times with me a couple of times, a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that's, you know, I think that's probably the best one. I mean, being a DJ, I think being DJing is, you know, it's like anything, it's practice. Practice a lot, 
Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, that's how you can kind of get better at something, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, DJ specifically, just being on it with the music that's coming out, try and really get into that and following. I mean, there's so much nowadays and so much of it's all at a certain quality that it can be quite daunting. But yeah, just try, trying to be on it with what's, what's around, mm. having the sort of fresh music, but maybe don't necessarily get too obsessed with everything having to be unreleased or <laughs> which i definitely can be guilty of and yeah 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 bloody hell you sort of get a reputation for it and then you kind of try to stick to it but yeah it's like there's such good music out there especially from like in history and back catalogs like just do your research especially if you're getting into it now like try and do your research for the the discographies of labels and artist discographies and yeah, I mean, there's just so much good music out there. Mm. I feel like this, the second question here kind of kind of leads into it a little bit. Um, big up Frank for these questions, by the way. There's, uh, you're giving us some good, some good, uh, good questions to keep this podcast going. Can you speak about the importance of mental health, lifestyle, plus personal growth in relation to music, career, creative pursuits? God, yeah, I think we can both talk a lot about this. I, from my personal experience, I mean, I'm quite... I got quite into running, which I now can't do because my knee is a complete mess for people that know me, or you probably have heard. But um, yeah, I think it was it was like halfway through 2020. It's sort of like my sister was back home, I was back home. She was really into sort of running and physical fitness at the time. And I never had been, I was super out of shape never had really gone to the gym or done any sort of exercise and i just sort of i think i just needed to get out the house i worked all the way through lockdown because uh most of our clients for my animation work are food retailers who were not struggling for business <laughs> so we were fine oh, so i'm super businesses. grateful considering how many people were getting furloughed or laid off um yeah i think i just needed to get out the house and i kind of yeah got a bit addicted to the running and like exercise and just physical uh pursuits i guess <laughs> and oh, fucking hell yeah it, ch it changed my life so much it just it helped me deal with anxiety i had at the time it helped me get routine back in my life just having that sort of thing to focus on and progress in and i think it just made me a, a better person like all, to all together i think people that are around me would know that it helps me get my life back on track in terms of maybe being quite irresponsible with a lot of drink and substances at the time yeah no and now I'm, I'm really into the gym i've sort of tried to put on a bit of bit of weight like a bit of size the past couple Getting years bulky and, and yeah just having sort of that to focus on and this addiction of like progressing and it being a sort of like healthy way to focus that energy has been yeah really really beneficial to me just having that structure throughout the day mm, i mean yeah i mean like i could only echo, echo that and say that it is so important and i think especially being in the industry that we are in and the creative industries and the, and the music industry especially being very challenging places to operate in in terms of you know for starters there is a lot of substance and and addiction issues there's a lot of instability like you know it's a it's a very hard career to, to to make consistent money in and to sometimes support yourself and it's not the most kind of you know in terms of like when you're like having a career should we say like it's not the most like parent friendly uh 
yeah you know thing it's like you know when people sort of go oh you know uh, oh you want to be in music it's like all oh, right well, that's a ho- that's a hobby it's always the kind of thing it's not um it's not actually a career and and you know it is and it can be a very small percentage that you know that, that can that can make it you know so you've obviously got to give yourself the best opportunity that you can to be able to succeed and yeah a big part of that is yeah being on top of you being on top of your mental health and your lifestyle and 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 look i've you know i've been massively guilty i mean for for people that some people that know uh you know and i've been quite sort of open about it that i uh, have been uh on being sober uh in, in terms of cutting out sort of alcohol and and class a drugs now for over 10 months as it was something that was kind of affecting me and affecting my relationships, affecting my work, especially affecting my work. You <laughs> were there and yeah, you can remember, yeah. I mean, you know, remember that. It's a stark difference. Like, yeah, just working with you, being around you, like, yeah. I, the, the, just to seeing like the motivation increase and just being sort of more more on the ball. Not to say you weren't before, because it's yeah, like, it's we, like, we did what we did those years, but I think it's like, noticed the difference and the improvement's been pr- pretty impressive. I mean, I think it's that thing of like, you know, operating on, you know, 70% compared to operating on 100% and really reaching the full potential that you have and having a good lifestyle and, and structure. I mean, it's it's been, it's been like night and day for me, you know, in terms of how m- much better I've been feeling and... And I, yeah, I'm just, I'm really not even fussed and, and I can still do it as well. Like I still enjoy this music. I still enjoy going out. I still enjoy DJing. I still enjoy partying, but I don't feel the need to get fucked up and I don't feel the need to, you know, and, and it's helped me because I can then not. That's, that's a great place to be in. I'm sort of envious to <laughs> not, I've really reduced compared to maybe two, three years ago, how much I drink, how much I get on it for want of a better term. But I, th- I think I've got it under, I've never, I was never at a place, maybe in lockdown at one point where it got a bit out of control, but I don't feel like it impacts me too bad. I've, I've got a girlfriend now since moving to Bristol. I have a lot more structure. Big up to Deanna. Big up to Deanna. <laughs> I have a lot more structure in my life. So I, I, I feel like it is, is, is under control. I pick my battles of when I'm going to have a heavy one, but I mean, yeah, it can easily slip back into it and just, yeah, having those heavy weekends, they wipe out so much of your week. And if you've got to be on it with a whole, like our release schedule, it's just, it's not really sustainable. I mean, I think it's that thing of like, you can do it, but, you know, and many, many people do. Like, that's the thing, you know, this industry is quite rife with it and there's a lot of people- Super love- normalized. It's super normalized. I mean, it's it, it's been scary or uh, scary, maybe not the right word, but interesting now sort of stepping outside of that uh, bubble and now looking back in and sort of seeing how absurd it kind of is and just, uh, and uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, like being know. in a load of messy green rooms when you're- Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so really. And just, you know, just like, People oh, watching. okay, that's that's <laughs> happening right now. And it's like, uh, you know, and I'd be like, I, and I was there and it was just like, fucking hell, I can't believe I did that. Uh, and yeah, like I said, like, for, you know, in that terms of like trying to reach your full potential. Yeah, I've, I've, I've sort of, the difference I've felt is is insane, to be honest. And yeah, I think it, you know, like I said, I think it's so important. And I think, you know, I want to try and spread that, spread that message now. 
think it is becoming it. i say it is like the whole drugs and drink is normalized but i think the sober side and more self-help side is also becoming more normalized and spoken about we know a lot of people that have gone sober in the industry and sing its praises well i think the whole kind of like mental health yeah you know is so much more of an open subject now than it ever was mm. and and that is only a good thing because i think it's so important to talk and and realize this sort of stuff and yeah be be honest be honest about yeah. about about it and and be informed and that help impact your decisions because i think that was my thing for a long time was i was just not informed enough or you kind of you kind of know about this stuff, but you don't really, you kind of just bury your head in the sand a little bit and, yeah. and just pretend everything's okay. And and like I said, it can be, and you can work fine for a bit, but it will catch, I mean, well, most of the time it does catch up with you. Yeah. And and it certainly caught up with me a number of times and, and it was like, right, you know, I've, I've had enough. And I think, you know, especially having this kind of opportunity with Overview, having it kind of be successful and having so many people rely on on us was a very motivating factor to 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 really work on this and work on myself and and personal growth and to be in the best place possibly i can be in for other people obviously myself is the first and foremost thing uh you know that's that's has to be the main motivator to be honest uh, but then it's you know it is about thinking about others and and not being selfish because a lot of that behaviour is selfish and yeah you know. you've got to want to do it otherwise it's just not going to happen so it has to come from you but you can use maybe how it's affecting other people and your relationships and as you say when you've got a roster of people sort of relying on you being on the ball yeah not very much a motivating factor. We are really, this is, this is some real podcast. Two bros <laughs> talking about self-motivation on a podcast. Self-motivation, yeah. There we go. But no, I think, you know, we've been really, really on it. And I, I'm going to put it out there. I would highly recommend anybody to, to try give up drink and drugs for, for a, a bit to put them at the back of your mind and see the difference that, that there, ca- there can be. And, and that's speaking here today as someone that is on that path. Obviously, you know, I mean, 10 months is a good, I, when I'm 10 years, then I'll be in an even better place to speak about it. But yeah, I think it's, you know, it can only, it's, it's a really positive thing. So if you are, you know, interested in that and, and yeah, again, just educating yourself, you know, I go back to kind of, you know, reading and learning, you know, there's so much great, you know so much great material out there with the internet and the access yeah, to been like the rise information. of self-help podcasts as oh well. dr and andrew huberman yeah, you know yeah, what yeah i mean yeah. lex friedman like you know i love i love the, that oh, kind me of too, stuff me too Super. um yeah you know there's there's some really amazing uh you know podcasts out there and and you know in so many great books i mean i've got a lot of great books that you know educate yourself about trying to really be yeah, an optimal human being, <laughs> which I think is the best best thing. So best version of yourself, and that will rub on, rub rub off on the people <laughs> around you. Rub on the people. Around you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's not go there, shall we? <laughs> uh, so there, that's another good question. Um, it said it's great. Uh, it said it's great that you help these musicians create a livelihood for themselves through overview. How can producers leverage financial stability for themselves in the music industry? What's your role as a label head in this? Oh, 
there we go getting getting into the getting into the thick of it well it's creating a livelihood are we talking so so they can just sustain themselves on music is yeah that, yeah so be a full-time artist yeah. i mean that does take time i think some people do get lucky and shortcut it and getting inducted into some of the, some of the bigger labels where can like offer, offer lots of shows and things like that that can be a sort of fast track but in general especially through overview it's, it's going to take a bit of time because there's only so many shows and royalties are only going to be so much every six months but i think nowadays with things like patreon and lots of people offering one-to-ones there's a lot more avenues than strictly just shows and royalties being the only things you're earning money through but yeah i think sort of accumulating all of those like doing little self-releases on Bandcamp. uh but i think patreon has been the big one since lockdown Mm. that a lot of people are finding is really the tipping point to where they can well, pay, pay pay all patrons rent. and one one-to-ones yeah one-to-ones i mean well. there are you know there's you know i think it's, it's also yeah being on the ball with what revenue streams are out there to to be able to monetize saying we're you know patreon and that being a big one you know being on the case with your publishing you know trying to you know maybe you know speak to you know sample pack companies yeah. you know commission commissioning that sort of stuff you know and, and pushing yourself out there and, and pushing yourself um you know that yeah i think that's the key is is you know and it's a lot you know that is a lot i, th- I think it's it's not easy it's not a walk in the park and i think it can be you know it, it it's a it's a, it's kind of like again we talk about pros and cons you know in terms of especially at our kind of level it's very hard to just be able to just make music and that's all you do and and you get paid for it like it yeah which can be a tough realization for some artists as i think traditionally that is kind of all you had to do but things have changed yeah yeah which 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 can be can be tough to accept but i think yeah it's like you have a skill and such a like a valuable skill in being able to make music it's like there's a lot of ways to monetize that especially nowadays in the past past few years i mean personally our responsibility through that i mean we do all we can do we promote the music as well as we can we want the music to sell well we try to i mean from our personal way it would probably be the thing you're more doing which is the events and trying to secure as many of those get people their dj fees like that is sort of the meat of the more frequent income i think as well, opposed I, to royalties. yeah i mean in terms of what we have to offer i mean you know the royalties like you know there are certainly artists on on the label that mm. do you know do well from the royalty perspective you know some of the more sort of like prolific releasing or if they've had some successful tracks but yeah you know from from my my real perspective and that's always been a big part of overview right from the start like right from the start was organizing a show you know that was like the first thing it was like right we're going to launch a label we're going to have an event and i've you know my my first introduction into drum and bass was events and and for me it was always such a a key part to the label and and we do that very successfully i mean i think i totaled up we've done something like 28 shows this year and yeah like f- we we want to keep that up because we can then yeah offer sets to artists and and get more consistent fees obviously it becomes a you know there there is that challenge of 
keeping everybody happy and, and keeping it fair and obviously having a you know giving enough opportunities and that has been maybe a little bit tougher this year obviously as much as we've had a lot of shows you know there's a lot of those shows were in New Zealand and Australia just to kind of like put that as a little disclaimer you know there I mean the landscape's changed I mean it's no secret that it is tougher to put on events and promoters are taking a lot less risks it's harder to fill out events than it was like right post covid and the way the drum and bass scene has changed and without yeah, <laughs> opening wise, up yeah. you know that that whole sort of uh, debate yeah where some things have been a bit squeezed and yeah it can be harder and yeah, the change, the you know, changing taste of drum and bass. You know whether or not, like, I think our sound is still successful, and there's still people that that like it. Obviously, whether or not we have the biggest mass commercial appeal <laughs> compared to to some people, you know, that's not what we're trying to do. Um, so obviously, with that, you know, can, it, it's yeah, it's it can be a bit tougher, and that you know, again, getting as many shows in that in our world is not as easy. Um, so, you know, there's all those sorts of factors, but yeah, it's, it's doing that and, and trying to, yeah, trying to help, you know, and, and build, build someone's, I mean, you know, even coming back to, you know, talking about, you know, creating a livelihood. Yeah, it, it's, as I said, this platform that we have to be able to, you know, obviously we give shows and we give, sell the music. I mean, obviously selling the music is, is just such a big one. Although, yes, sometimes, you know, obviously streams, you know, streams will do well and streams can make money, but obviously it's the kind of even just like, I know it's the, the exposure, getting paid an exposure. I know that's like a bit of a meme, but obviously exposure can, not to say it always does, but it can, you know, the more you're seen and the more you're heard, the more people know about your name, opportunities can can disclaimer <laughs> can come from that so obviously our role is to try and really help publicize and and get the music seen and as, and heard by as many people as possible which then should in turn get artists more bookings or more opportunities to to be able to 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 have a career for themselves and 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 that you know and coming back to like our you know our goal and and where we want to go and what we're trying to do you know we're really trying to you know be ambitious with with overview and be be, be ambitious with the label so although you know at the moment you know i would say we've got you know probably five five or six artists maybe more than that i don't you know i don't know i need to probably there's a few on the top of my head that i know are full-time music obviously we're not the sole provider of that livelihood in the same way that you know a hospital record or a, you know or someone in this world are able to give to their artists but but our goal and ambition is to you know grow this to a point where we can offer that as a as a livelihood so that's our responsibility i guess to be constantly pushing ourselves and and trying to get better and trying to get bigger and i think if an artist sort of really wanted to make that leap <clears throat> like a few of ours had and they we would then encourage them also to be trying to be active with the things like patreon and the things like one-to-ones and we would help them push that if they needed a bit of help with it even though it isn't directly 
it's not directly through the label what they're doing they're kind of doing it off on their own but yeah you want to support and help any of the roster. yeah i mean i think i think we we have done i mean yeah you know the, whether or not it's been feedback on on things or or doing animation making some artwork you know yeah we, we want to be here to help you know help people succeed that's our that's our whole role that's our whole our, you know the whole ethos and everything around what we're doing is is that yeah you try i mean try. <laughs> someone coming into the label i'm, I'm probably not gonna no after one ep i'm probably not gonna be like yeah quit the day job like, i think i think there is some some realism well it's the balance isn't it yes Between ambition and realism realism because sometimes realism can can hold you back i think because you know, not, I, I have goals, definitely have goals. Yeah, I mean, you know, even from my own perspective, like, you know, my, you know, my biggest ambition for a long time had always been going full time and making my livelihood out of music. You know, I said it for years, even before Overview, like that was my real, because I, I didn't have another career on, on the other side. Obviously, I was a graphic designer and doing bits and pieces. But other than that, I was like, washing pots in kitchens or I was dressing up as a cowboy to serve drinks to people like you know that's that's you know that's you know I've had some shit jobs as you know most people you know a lot of people have but I, I didn't have a proper career I didn't have a backup really like I had to make it work and I always believed that I could uh you know I had a lot of help along the way like there's not you know I'm, I'm very fortunate you know where I have come from to to help with that you know, not to say that I've been, you know, dealt everything on a plate and have a have a silver spoon in my mouth, but you know, certainly have had you know help and support. But I I had to make those sacrifices as well, and and a bit crazy, you know. I had a lot of people tell me, "Is this? Are you really sure? Are you really sure about this?" You know, m succeeding in the music industry is extremely hard, and. I just had an unwavering belief that it would happen uh, and I would not give up and, and I would make it happen under any means necessary. And literally, <laughs> like, like, you know, the, even the whole, you know, that, that, the whole story behind how Overview even started is that sheer stubborn determination to not let anything stop and anything get in the way and, and really have that belief. And, I'm sitting here today doing music full time and, and, and obviously now helping others and my neck, you know, my, it's almost like, you know, I achieved that goal and my next, you know, role and my next kind of, you know, another target is to help others achieve that dream as well. Uh, and, and I, and, he, I, and I believe it can be done. And I, and I believe if you really fully jump into it, that it can you know, you're going to give yourself a better chance. You might as well, you know, get rich or die trying. Do you know what I mean? Or get, you know, get involved. You say, you say get rich when we're talking I mean, about drum and bass though. I mean, you know, you can make okay money in some people, but yeah, I mean, look, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, get involved, you know, rather give it a, give it a shot. You know, you've only got, again, getting on more of a self-motivational podcast <laughs> speak, but you've only got one, one life. You, you know, you want to give it your best shot uh you know you don't want to live with regret you know when you're when you're so and so age um so if you really believe that you or you want to do it really fucking try do you know what i mean and you may well surprise yourself where you may end up yeah no no i agree agree 
All right, last question from the from, from Frank. Frank. From Frank. Big up to Frank. Big up to all the US gang. <laughs> I mean, I think we've kind of covered this, but we can sort of briefly. Uh, can you define your roles as co-label heads? What does Peter do? What does Ollie do? What are your individual areas of expertise? How do you balance each other out? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. He knows us well if he's asked the last bit. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, we have sort of spoken a lot about about that. I think, you know, we have roles that that cross over. I think so from like the A&R. Yeah, or the, the music. The music aspect. I said I take a lot more of the, at the moment, the events. Yeah, I'd say I do, I do more the, yeah, the royalties and back end of that with the money on that side, getting that to the artists. And then, yeah, animation more artwork sometimes i mean we outsource that a bit more now than we used to mm-hmm. definitely just to free up some time there's and a few sort of work yeah i mean there's a people. few sort of there's a few other sort of back-end bits i mean i've recently started uh an agency arm of of overview uh i think you know you've you've now taken over sort of some of the more like promotional aspects in terms of trying to promote yeah, some like, of the releases yeah like planning out uh, yeah, promotion campaigns and sorting out premieres with your sort of John Bakes arenas and Skank and bases and UKF and and such. So but I think there's a good yeah, there's a good sort of like spread, you know, where there is some more like defined like you know you take that yeah. Obviously, sometimes I'll pick up the slack. Sometimes you'll pick up the slack or you know on it together to be like right, what's going on? Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think we. I don't know. It's almost like a bit of a. Maybe a bit of a natural thing. I think where we've been doing it for five years now, you just we've got our sort Orga- of organized chaos between each other. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's a lot more organized these oh, days. I think that's been 100%. the big the big one that we've really been trying to push in the last year, especially, I would say, is to really get a, a lot more organized, a lot more on it. You know, like you're saying, giving each artist a release schedule and and that kind of thing, and, yeah, yeah, and and really mapping out our years and and getting assets together all in a bit more time, so it's not as rushed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and we get you know, and that's the thing, you know, experience. We're getting a lot better. We know each other very well and know what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are, and 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 do that. I mean, you say, how do you balance each other out? I mean, like you said, you know, let's yeah, just sort of touch on. I think there there can be a little bit of a good cop, bad cop uh, <laughs> dynamic at times. I can be, at times I can be a bit hot-headed and like I said, like my, my, my real passion, I know that can, always, that can always be a bit of a cop out to be like, oh, I'm just passionate. <laughs> but I am like, I'm so passionate and I'm so like, maybe a bit too defensive sometimes like overview just it, you know it means so much to me and then sometimes that can spill over in the in the wrong way and you know i've i can i can certainly you know i my stubbornness and my determination i sound like i'm trying to really like get out, really cop out of like trying to explain myself I, i'm not i'm not a complete cunt i swear um <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not. I try not to be. No, but no. And you're, you're self-aware with the like things you've had to, to work on in terms of maybe communication and things like that, which is like, I don't know. It's that, it's that thing, like I said, like that, that like stubborn determination. You know, I, I have a lot, I do have a lot of self-belief and, and you know, obviously when you're then working and you meet other people that also are like that. And, and, and look, you know, sometimes, you know, even, even us, you know, or working with people, you know, you can't, 
run businesses and and tried to really create great art and great anything without some conflict and and disagreements and 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 I can be a bit more of that I would say you know I can be a bit more of I can be a bit more of the battering ram and maybe be a bit more <laughs> of the punching bag at the same time as well from you know from the other way from other people you know to give it because I can be very you know I'm I'm very kind of there and so I you know I play that kind of role and I think then that's what can be good about yourself is that and forgive me if I'm speaking for you rather no, than, no, uh, you know, and you do kind of then, yeah, offer that stability and sometimes a slight voice of reason. So especially if like, yeah, I've had an argument with someone or someone's <laughs> sort of pissed off and Ollie can certainly be the person to kind of go in and help alleviate the situation from both sides, maybe. Yeah, try and be a sort of voice of reason, see things from both people's perspectives. Because, yeah, if you've got two strong minds, it can often sort of clash and you kind of need someone in the middle to be like, come on, guys, let's just meet in the middle here or not let this explode. Mm, mm. No, and I think that's, you know, I think that's a real, you know, a really strong quality that you have. And I think, like I said, like, because because of the nature of having to do these quite, you know, high intense things, and, and like I said, the, the, the difficulty with, with conflict sometimes and, and not seeing eye to eye, you know, to have you in there. Because I think if, well, yeah, I mean, I know what it's like, you know, if you've got two people with the same personality, you know, or, you know, I think, but, you know, I, I'll be honest, I think if I was probably doing it on my own without someone in there, I think, you know, I probably would have burnt a lot more bridges, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could agree. Right now, but potentially, like, uh, you know, I, I mean, look, I, I still think, you know, as I said, I own my own my mistakes and, you know, I try to, you know, anything that kind of happens, you know, I will, yeah, accept it and, and try to, you know, I, I, I try not to hold grudges. I think that's one thing that, you know, even if we've had our had our moments, you know, I think we've never, it's always been like, right, okay, that's happened. Yeah. Talk about it. You know, don't let it then just affect everything. Yeah. Um, don't, don't hold on to things and build up over stupidness. Like, just crack on. No, it's... Talk too, about it, too, iron it out. Right. No, and I think, you know, I think, but I think your personality and my personality kind of work well in that respect. It is a bit, it is almost like a bit of yin and yang mm. perspective. Like I think, it, yeah, um, you know, which I think, yeah, saying has, you know, saying balance each other out, like really like- No, I'd agree. You know, I agree. I mean, you're probably part, my part, therapist at the same time sometimes yeah. I, think, I think probably goes mate, probably goes the other way it does, way, go, both ways. Like, it does go both ways especially sometimes recently I've been struggling with workloads and mental health a little bit but I think any friend or business partner should sometimes have to be your therapist I guess like that's what you have a support system around you for mm. I think it's interesting actually you sort of t you know sort of say on it about yeah being a friend and being a business partner and that being quite an interesting, sort of interesting relationship to navigate sometimes. Yeah. Where, yeah, you sort of find yourself in situations that you otherwise wouldn't usually as friends and, and the other way around. And and I think, I think you know, again, I think, but I think it's a really good thing. Like I, I really like the fact that, you know, I work with someone that I do consider a really good friend and that, you can sort of talk on that level and and talk about more than just 
Yeah, business. yeah. Do you know what I, I mean? mean? The label does get so intense sometimes that I'll be like, fucking hell, it's probably been like two weeks and we haven't even spoken about our personal lives and I'll try and like catch up and just be like, oh yeah, how is everything? And yeah, like, yeah. Definitely guilty of that just because things do get intense. But no, you need to remember foundationally like how your relationship started. Yeah, I think that comes there you go. Oh. <laughs> so cute. Oh. Uh, so basically, Ollie is amazing, and I'm a dick. Uh, that's the <laughs> that's the main that's the main crux of uh, the conversation. I'm trying to get a lot better though. Like I am. Maybe let's not carry on. <laughs> let's not carry on then. I'm trying. Okay, I'm trying. I'm I'm right most of the time. Uh, so we've done the more like um, serious questions, mainly from Frank. There were a couple of questions asked from I think some we other just people. popped it in the Discord, didn't we? And Frank came in with the heat. Yeah, Frank. Big up to Frank Poems. As I said, do go and check out. Uh, do go and check out Render Mag. Uh, he is one of the writers for that. Uh, we did a really good uh, overview interview. Well, I say we. <laughs> I did. I did it. Uh, and yeah, so there's a really quite an in-depth piece. One of the most in-depth pieces on overview that we had. And they're just a re- to be honest, uh, one of the one of the few sort of real print media magazines out there at the moment in the drum and bass scene. Electronic scene is a, it's even more than that. Um, it's uh, Dan Agenta as well to give up a big up to him. And yeah, really really great publications, and they definitely do deserve your support. So do go and check them out. Give a little big up, big up there. There you yeah, go. Well done, Frank. There you go. Up, Look, you got your. Uh... So giving now... us loads of questions to talk about ourselves and self indulgement. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I'll. I'll uh, yeah, I. I mean, we asked. <laughs> we asked our group chat. I mean, there are a few questions here actually because what I I did put a little bit of a call out on the internet in general. Uh, so maybe I'll I'll do I'll give a couple of those from the public before we go into the group chat questions, which <laughs> are going to be dreading. Uh, that is that is where we're really going to get uh, tripped up here. Uh, so the first question here is from Lewis Sheldon. He said, "Where do you want the label to be in five years from now?" Oh, Whoa, that's a good question. <sighs> Where do you want it to be? I know where I, I think I know where I want it to be. I want to have a boat. I want to have a boat, like a yacht, the overview yacht. The overview yacht. Maybe an maybe an airline. I was thinking overview airways. I'm thinking like you know realistically, yeah, private jets. I think the same, but just bigger and better. Same, <laughs> same, same, but different. Yeah, well, same ethos, same sound to a degree. Sounds obviously evolve and change. Hopefully the same roster, same people with some additions, but just, yeah, the ability to do bigger events, the ability to do more things like writer's camps and offer better writer's camps and bigger things like that. I'm just trying to think. I think a big, I think, I think a big target, I mean, where do I see us? I mean, if we carry on the trajectory that we're on, I'm, I'm, I'm confident in where we can be as i think you sort of look at some of the other labels that are you know they're at 15 20 years and you know we've managed to get to this in five years and bearing in mind we're not backed by you know neither of us are a a releasing artist with huge huge platform i mean you've got a pretty okay platform with with subantics i think i think subantics has helped to be honest i think it has really helped helped definitely at the start 
I think still even now, like, you know, I think it does, there are a lot of people, I think you probably underplay or you'd, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe you do underplay it a bit. I mean, you've got more followers on SoundCloud than most of the fucking artists on the roster, to be honest. Yeah, so it's like- It's SoundCloud in 2023 mate, though, I think. Fucking SoundCloud is my favorite fucking part. <laughs> oh, I love SoundCloud. Big up SoundCloud. I'll tell you what, I also want to say, I want to meet SoundCloud. We still haven't met SoundCloud. Meet SoundCloud. I want to meet SoundCloud. Yeah, I want to go to SoundCloud like a, like offices. A representation. No, I want to go to the SoundCloud. I want to go to the SoundCloud offices. I want to say hello because we have been big, big, proponents of soundcloud i do love SoundCloud. I, I think soundcloud i mean don't be wrong spotify is great and like no no part of spotify but there is just something still so organic about soundcloud it's still a real throwback i mean it's been go- it hasn't changed dramatically in the amount of time and it's still the place where we put our music first you know so Hopefully, I want to say within the next five years, I want to be meeting with SoundCloud just to say hello. So that that's that's the aim. That's the, the aim for ten years' time. No, no, we can be the exact same label as long as we've met someone from yeah. SoundCloud. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think a big, I think a big ambition next for us, you know, we, we we're starting to do bigger shows. You know, I was say, you know, we we've got a really good thing going on in Bristol now. Um, I think. You know, doing some bigger shows in London again would be really good. Yeah. I would like to hope that, you know, by 10 years, we will be a lot more consistent on the festival circuit, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, that's, that's a big one. I think that is, I think that's one of our biggest next aims, to be honest. You know, and, I, and I'd like to think within that time, yeah, we should be or would like to be sort of a bit of a main stage, maybe not main stage, but a, a fixture at... Yeah, X, Y, and Z festival. I don't have to start naming names. I mean, to be fair of you, I probably can say it, but we're going to be at Outlook Festival this year, uh, which I'm just going to tell. I'm just going to yeah, say, yeah, yeah, because it is, it, it is, it is happening. It is happening. To be fair, th- this may actually come out before anything's being said about it. So this may actually be the first time anyone's hearing it. But yes, and that, and to be honest with you, that is huge for yeah, us. Massive. Like you know, and big up to. Big up to Simon at Outlook for for reaching out and yeah we we definitely overtook the there was a post they put up and I did I did do that cheesy thing of nagging everyone that I knew to go and comment overview uh, but it worked it worked and we actually did get approached uh, by Outlook and yeah we're going to be doing a stage takeover with Flex Out and Star Wars uh, there this year and to be honest with you like that's again like well you know talk about what those ambitions and talk about those those things that you would have as like i mean you know without you don't need to be like a ticking a box ticking exercise but i mean what label out there wouldn't want to be represented at outlook festival you know it's one of the most prestigious electronic music festivals you know underground music festivals in the world and yeah to be obviously asked you know and invited over there is testament to what overview is has done and i yeah whether i mean maybe if you'd have i probably would have thought it would have happened at some point you know i do have that have that belief a little bit but it still you know feels amazing to to get that yeah no no i'd, I'd agree completely i think festivals is is our big one we've definitely spoke about it i'd like to do i'd like to do my i'd like to do our own festival as well i know yeah, like, this, this, <laughs> this, big one. this has been uh yeah, obviously, I don't want to like, you know, I've got to not like tempt fate too much. You know, and it's obviously it's one thing talking about it, but I would like to, you know, by, you know, by 
you know, 10 years, who knows? But I, you know, if I, you know, organizing an overview festival would be amazing. That would be, that would be sick. That would be fucking um, cool. You know, and, and yeah, you know, maybe, you know, just that, you know, kind of thing. Whether or not, do you think we could get a top, a top, a top 10 or a UK top 40 track? <laughs> never say never. Never say <laughs> never. I mean, well, with what the future tracks are now, Chasing Status have been doing at the moment. Like, I mean, drum and bass has been hitting the, I mean, get, us getting a top 40. I mean, we probably would have to like do something very different potentially. <laughs> to, yeah, uh, no, I'd, I'd never want to be my, my pessimistic realist self. <laughs> so, right, we're going to have, have a top 10 selling track in the UK charts. Yeah, sick. We're going to own a boat. Uh, we're going to be organising multiple festivals around the world. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to run work. for mayor of Brighton as well, I think. <laughs> uh, so that's maybe where we're going to be in 10 years. I, well, yeah. Imagine <laughs> you doing your acceptance speech outside the vaults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big up to the vaults. Uh, so yeah, maybe that, you know, uh, maybe that is like some... Yeah, some of that. Another uh, serious question that we had from the public was, I want to say, is Ozzk? O-Z-K. I don't actually know totally. I'm going to say, how do you reckon you, how do you, reckon you pronounce that? O-Z-K. I literally have no idea. Ozk or is it O-Z-K? I don't know. O-Z-K. We'll go with O-Z-K. How does it feel looking back on your first ever show? Overview show, I assume. Oh yeah, we're gonna go with first ever overview show. Sort of the Volks one. Yes. Yeah. When was that? How was does that it feel? December. December two thousand eighteen. Yeah, it was yeah. the twenty ninth of December. That awkward date between Christmas and New Year. Which is how, which is how you build it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I did do like a jokes Facebook page about like going to Volks. I, that popped up recently for some reason. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw the event page. It was called that. Yeah, going between that awkward day between Christmas and New Year when you haven't got anything to do, but fuck it, I'll go to the Volks. Yeah, I remember that show being really, really fun. Really good. Oh, we had a great lineup. Yeah. We had, uh, we had Shine and Crook. Crook yep. headlining, also known as Fade Black. Grand Calavera. Tony, Grand Calavera was there. Did Fin Absolute, the first ever track on Overview. Big up to the Aussie gang. We had Grey Code back to back wings. Oh yeah. Clinical as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh we had it done. That I was a seriously good lineup. And we it was busy as well. We actually like did pretty well yeah, from no, what I can remember. Busy. I mean, looking back, um yeah, I think it was it was really important moment, I think, that first show, because you know, obviously a lot of you know, a lot of shit had gone down and, you know, as we've been starting this, this journey and, and it was, you know, again, wasn't, you know, it was a big milestone, I think, to like do that first event and, you know, to make it feel a lot more real and bring, bring everyone together that was really, you know, that we could at least at the time for yeah, that first make label. a bit of a statement. Ah, Wings, Wings, Wings was there as well. Well, oh, no, just, Wings, yeah, sorry, Wings, obviously back to back, you know, and then, you know, say, you know, Dan and, you know, Dan and Marcus being there, you know, on the first release, you know, at the first event and are still here today, you know, two of the, two of the most important artists on the Shout label. Out the boys. You know, and I think, you know, it's a, that was a really important, um, yeah, moment to, to like bring it all together and 
haven't looked back. No, no yeah. And as I was saying, I think, yeah, having a statement of doing an event that early on, sort of like, here's the label, here's the first event, instead of maybe waiting a while like some labels might do. Well, I think, because I think if I, I remember that we, that all kind of, launched all at the same time yeah because you kind of want to set it up as an events brand right from the get-go as well so people can expect that plus it is it just a good way to push this new label and brand that you've sort of created celebrate it yeah it? celebrate yeah, exactly. the celebrate the launch yeah launch party no and it was a yeah it was as I said it was a good good event and and the volks you know big up to the volks big up to jerome uh will as well at the time you know who were there that you know, did give us an opportunity, did give us a break and have been like so supportive since then. Like the Volks has been massive for us. You know, we've, we're now doing four shows a year there, you know, and, and it's, and you know, and, and just just to have that kind of consistency of a, of a venue to be able to give shows to our artists and have a bit of a home, like it is really kind of like our home, like yeah. ground now such a key space for the label and it's history I mean, it's such a key space for you know for especially for the south coast scene but for the for the drum and bass scene you know it's it's been there for years like vox is like one of the longest running clubs in the country especially for dance music and yeah so you know it's a real honor i mean I, you know it's kind of mad you know i was you know vox is one of the reasons that i'm you know here today to be honest because i sort of discovered drum and bass in a, in in a real way at that club and followed nights there for years i mean i even met my partner at the volks as well <laughs> technically again it does get memed a bit hard bless the volks doesn't it i mean it is a memey venue yeah. definitely yeah but i, it's I remember like, there was a period of time where I, I didn't quite get it and then like after going a certain amount of times especially when i lived in bedford because it's, it's a direct train down on the thames link to brighton and you were down here obviously so i i'd come down quite a lot and i think it was t- took a lot like, of maybe a year or so but I was like oh I actually fucking love this place I mean yeah I mean it can like I think it's it can be an intense, an intense place and I think especially because it goes on till 7am yeah it's and a shift like it is a shift I mean I'm just fucking I could do it with my hands tied behind my back now it's just like okay alright like 7am at the Volks like that's just how we do you know usually playing the last set of the night and you know it kind of does make you a bit battle hardened I think you know because I, now I travel around and I'm like what your event shuts at four like <laughs> what's going on we've still got another three hours worth of raving to do here yeah um, I mean I came up through fabric was my first sort of club experience so yeah seven as well yeah so there are still a few venues that do it out there but they're not so so commonplace and yeah like you said like it's just been a great location to be to be running shows at so obviously give it a plug come to <laughs> come to the five years of overview show that we have at the volks uh which is going to be on the 2nd of december and um, we have kyrist ways clinical wings azotics for his uk debut Subantics, back-to-back energy maybe i don't know what i don't know what I we're doing we, we probably are we're gonna do a special five years of overview set uh, Dot Dash as well. Big up to Andre. We've got we've got Dot Dash and Azo who are really good friends, and they're both Romanian. They're both. I think that is a Dot Dash debut, isn't it? I think he's playing in Bristol once before. Oh. I know, I know. But we do have the Azo Azo's debut. Uh, all the way flying him in all the way for from Romania for his debut, and we've just got we've also got the Holy Trinity of Ways Clinical and Wings, which has never happened before at the Volks. To be honest, that is a no, first. No. 
and um, yeah uh, big up to my lovely girlfriend Deanna runs Dynamics and yeah she's put on room two with uh, all the mentees from the Overview and Dynamics mentorship yeah no that's actually really cool I mean to actually touch on that briefly I know that's segueing a little bit but Again, for people that don't know, we do run a mentorship now. We've run it for two years. This last year has been run with Dynamics, with Deanna, who has been amazing. She has been so, so good. And yeah, we've just giving an opportunity to female identifying producers coming up in the drum and bass scene. And yeah, basically doing like, production lessons mental health workshops yeah it's music like, it's theory so i think so tackling that sort of wider issue is sort of at the grassroots level like sharing that sort of information and inspiring the next generation of female producers i think yeah is the sort of core way to tackle that or i believe anyway yeah taking a nod from you know taking a nod from eq50 and a number of people that have sort of done us I know hospital have done a similar thing as well but yeah we wanted to you know we believe in in this sort of thing and it was like what can we do to to help with systemic change and it's been amazing I mean you know one of our you know our first year of mentees one of our first mentees uh, is Ivy who obviously owes everything to overview now <laughs> i do remind her of that i do remind you of that ivy right you you, oh, you owe everything no no she, she doesn't at all uh she is like an amazing talent and she i mean she is she's she's more well known than overview is now let's be honest like she is she's huge so again you know amazing that she, you know came through that and it's been a really positive thing and now doing it with dynamics so yes yeah, doing this you know it's tying in nicely for five years we've been doing it every year as well where you know we book all of the uh all of the ladies from the mentorship on to uh onto onto a gig so we're kind of like an end of year celebration because it's a one year lesson and uh, we also have a system as well uh ari who's actually managed to fly all the way over from australia for this gig she is a true which part. is uh, an amazing effort she's she actually did like some crowdfunding and stuff in australia to make it happen we're we're obviously giving you know paying paying towards some of the flight as well and yeah so it's gonna be a really special really special night i'm really looking forward to, to that so obviously if you've never been to volks before <laughs> and you want to come celebrate plug five years as well i mean again we're milking the whole five years of overview thing that is uh it's gotta be done that is happening uh so yeah that is a very long-winded way of going about that uh toilet break should we take a toilet break yeah, we'll yeah. take a toilet break all right we're gonna we're gonna go for a toilet break ollie's gonna be back in a bit i actually need to go as well so yeah let's do that hello everybody we are back i'm also back i also noticed that my camera had stopped working for the last hour so fantastic fantastic you know this is it ollie we've just had some nice hd camera work with ollie and i have just had the potato webcam uh but it's fine i'm back hello i'm back in hd everybody uh for that um but yeah so we're gonna now go into well, yeah, we're going to go into like the slightly less serious questions. And I think we will try to somewhat get through these a bit quicker. We're going to do a bit more quick fire. Fun way to end this. Uh, oh. And this is the group <laughs> chat. Big up to the group chat. Big up to everybody in there. You know who you are. 
absolute lawless absolute lawless of a wild group chat that we have going uh and yes so the first one here is from operate uh and his question is top 10 artists in order of scrapping outside tesco's ability have you seen pascal recently (laughs) (laughs) ground is pretty stacked he's put on 15 kg i dropped him a message when he put that story up i was like how how many calories have you been eating he was like 3.5 k for like a year wow i was like oh I mean, I've been trying to put on some size, but that is dedication. So if you, you I mean, if this is, is this top 10 artists on the label? Or is this just scrapping? Or is bits? this anybody, is this anybody in, uh, in drum and bass? So we're going to go ground. I don't know if, is there anybody that is actually like a trained, martial, martial artist, trained label, fighter? I don't think. I feel like there was, I feel like there was someone that told me they were a black belt, but. I don't know. I can't remember. Not of our core lot, I don't think. I mean, you say top 10. The, pro- the problem is, is like, I mean, maybe in Jump Up, there's a few more people that could be a bit more like scrap ready, I would say. <laughs> that is a generalization. I mean, pitch. that is a bit of a generalization. <laughs> but, you know, it's a bit more like, you know, it's a bit more street and a bit more ghetto kind of like, you know, music. You know, ours are all just kind of like nerdy producers who sit in their bedrooms way too much. I know Ant, TC1, very Muay Thai trained. Okay, so, so there we go. Ant, TC1. Would, so not, would not want to entertain that. Possibly one of the hardest men in drum and bass. Yeah. Yeah. So. so, I mean, he would probably have Pascal. He would probably have most people. I think he would. I, I mean, uh, I don't really know if is there anyone who really like trains or fights. I mean, I tell, what, on, I tell you what, on the label, if I, if I wouldn't want to have a scrap with someone, I probably would say Yano, just because like, He's quite a big dude. Like, and I just feel like, I feel like he probably packs oh, but he's, a punch. He's innocent chipmunk. Yeah, but they're always the most dangerous. Yeah. Unassuming. But I feel like, I feel if like, if Yano did like, sort of like discover his like, slightly more like aggressive side. That he would <laughs> be, have to really he'd be the kind of, it. he'd be the kind of guy that just didn't know his own strength. Like he'd kind of just like grab you and like just crush your skull with his hand. <laughs> There you go. That's maybe my. That's maybe mine. I think if it, like, there was anybody on overview, Pascal. Yeah, he's he's big. He's got a bit more muscle. He's probably quite strong. I reckon like Hayden and Harvey would be like. But uh, both un- of them, unassuming. I get, because both of them are quite into their MMA, right? Yeah, 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 they love it. So they probably. I reckon they both reckon themselves to be quite like. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I could you know do this and that. Like, they might disagree, but I, I reckon if yeah. I reckon, I reckon they'd, honest, they'd be surprised. I tell you what, that would actually be a really good scrap. I think Hayden going toe-to-toe with Harvey would be a good scrap, to be fair. I would pay good money to see that. We'll just have a big overview scrap. We'll, we'll, we'll live stream <laughs> we'll, we'll it. Do, we'll Last do man standing. Royal Rumble. <laughs> like Royal Rumble style fight. No, don't fight. Don't fight. Uh, fighting is actually really bad. Uh, brain damage is quite a serious thing. Bleeding of the brain and all the rest of it. I'm not a... Yeah, I'd, I'd always wanted... Uh-oh. You're doing so well. Oh no, is it back? My mic's back. I don't it's know what's going back. on. There we go. Yeah, don't don't fight. Fighting is bad. Contact. Stick to table tennis. Just stick to table tennis. At least True. much better for you. True. Okay. From, <laughs> from Galaxy or Mr. John Galaxy. Uh, three tunes you wish you could have released from any time period within drum and bass. I think this is a hard one. <sighs> three tunes I wish I could have released. Uh... I mean, if it was to be like stuff that 
I think could fit on on overview maybe I don't know like what tune would you really really wish that you could have signed you don't want to keep it too current but I don't know if you go too far back then it probably doesn't fit with DSA I mean what has streamed amazing amounts and made absolute wedge oh Badadan Badadan yeah yeah, yeah. I wish you could have released Badadan that would have been good we could have made some money off of that I mean just from like a personal what influenced me there's like sceptical tunes from like 2010 to like 2014 sort of periods and then like dispatch stuff from from brethren and dlr and kirsty from a little bit beyond that period 2015 16 17 i mean there's lots of tunes around sort of that that time definitely not given us definitely not given a top three there no no that's a hard question yeah I, i can't even like i can't even think about enough uh enough tunes in my in my brain that i wish i could have uh that I wish I could have signed, maybe. Yeah. Hard question. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you we're gonna give a terrible answer for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh I mean basically Badadan, <laughs> liquor and cigarettes, and uh Tor. Oh, Tor would have been good. I mean Tor would have would have paid for a lot. That would have been that would have been a good tune. That would have been a good tune. Coming to down to streams of money now. Yeah, well, you know, if yeah, you really yeah. want to be, you know, be up about it. Okay, yeah, got them. That's 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 that done. Oh no, whatever galaxy tune, you know, yeah. whatever the, the galaxy, whatever tune, galaxy yeah. tune, tune streamed most. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, the uh, the recent halogenics and galaxy tune that was a good tune. That is a beautiful. Tune. I would I would like to have released that one. Okay, uh, pro- probably a worse question. Top three most embarrassing moments from Jake offline. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> uh my i mean what do you think of my top three embarrassing moments uh because you might actually be better at answering that question i'll speak for my one first it's gotta be that iconic. that bristol show i think i think bristol and hereford is probably yeah probably quite probably quite close. which just to sum up was just getting obliterately drunk and trying to plug his USB in while operate was it? Was it? Because it was someone it was, was, it was three decks for the last set, wasn't it? Or some plan to go back to back? And I, I don't remember anything. No, the, no, I think there was a plan to go back to back at the end, but you were trying yes, to go yeah. back to back w- before the end. I couldn't get it in my head that it wasn't the end of the night, but and I think you were told. I think you were told a good three times to stop plugging your USB. Oh mate, I was. A, gone i was on another planet yeah, that was that, that, that was, was quite embarrassing yeah it was an amazing night it wasn't it was an amazing night, night. It was from what you can night. remember of it yeah no that was a poor performance from me i mean that literal single incident kind of made me take a big step back away from <laughs> like heavy amounts of spirits i'd say i mean spirit i mean hereford as well that was also spirit induced yeah yeah that was before lockdown I that feel- that was i mean yeah that, not to drop him in but that was john as well <laughs> <laughs> so to, to anyone that doesn't know we're gonna, uh i mean you and you know, both you john and yourself ended up getting ejected from the nightclub yes yeah we did because they were too drunk well yeah i mean they kind of handed us these bottles of gin which were the rider and then they poured them into pitchers for us because you weren't which, allowed the bottle which then we were try- trying to like 
I forget, we were trying to mix it so it was all pre-mixed and we ended up just having to have these ridiculously strong drinks for like three or four drinks. I can't remember exactly, this is like 2019, but yeah, it ended really badly. I mean, John actually ended up getting in a scrap with one of the bouncers, I'm pretty sure as well. I don't know, that might have been me, I can't remember. No, no, it was John because I think he woke up with like a pain on his chest where they'd like... Oh God. Yeah. Sorry, John. That doesn't happen so much anymore, uh, to be honest. That was a while. That was a while ago now. But yeah, spirits are usually the cause of. Yeah, yeah. Drinking spirits, pouring your own like drinks <laughs> with, with set spirits. Yeah. It's, is, it, is, it there, is, there, is, is there a third on there you can think of? A third? Well, oh, for me. No, I think we should just do it in general. General. No, Top like three. for both of us. Oh, what would be my most embarrassing moment? What oh, I'm trying I to mean, think. I mean, there's a there's a very very recent one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fresh. that was embarrassing. I did get the date wrong for this five years of overview show. That was quite embarrassing. That was a lost in translation thing. I don't think you should put too much to the blame for that one. No, I mean, probably number one. Uh, the most embarrassing moment was probably losing the best newcomer drum and bass award. Oh, for God's sake, <laughs> that was really embarrassing. There we go. That's my that's my most embarrassing. Okay. That's I mean, the whole thing of surrounded that was quite embarrassing as well. So, <laughs> and that still so. that still does live with me this day. To be fair with you, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go up with that was definitely one of my most embarrassing moments for okay. a multitude of reasons. We'll we'll leave it there to not get into too much behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are just terrible. Okay, <laughs> Alex Particle, worst overview song in your opinion? I we can't answer that. Around me. Tanny shit by, by clinical. <laughs> <laughs> the worst overview song. That's you can't do that. I mean, I, I'm going to say it's an unreleased remix from Particle. Yeah, of, of a talker tune. Really, really shit. That was really shit. Yeah, that so bad really that we shit. couldn't release it. So thanks for that question, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I d- you can't really give an actual. Uh, I can't really do that to someone. That, that's that's very right, harsh. Next one. <sighs> from Vizsla biggest tune fumble biggest tune fumble what did we miss out on a we missed out on a on a tune or a release I think he's trying to get at something <sighs> this was safe to say this is a question the one with Vizsla was pretty bad yes to be fair yeah not pretty certain, bad I mean certain demos from him came our way and things happened I had a I I uh, was having a bit of a moment and yeah I should have signed some tracks from Vizsla. They went on to be his first critical release and the rest is history. So no, he's done very well over there. I'm happy for Jake. Big up to Jake. I don't Big know if there is, is there any other like tune, tune fumbles, like where we actually like wanted to sign something and then it, and then it went. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say it because of management and I know how that will go. So I'm going <laughs> to leave, I'm gonna leave that one out. I don't even know which one you're talking about. Next now. question. Next oh. question. <laughs> okay. This is a nicer one. Thank you, Dom. So, for, so from operate top three moments for the label from both your perspectives. Top three moments. Top three moments. Um, E1 for me. E1 was definitely up there. That was huge. I think, I think, New Zealand and Australia, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. definitely has to be, and and for me personally, South Africa as well. Yeah, was, yeah, that uh, would have been huge. I mean, really good. From early, oh, 
I love Overview Part One, Part Two. I love Overview Part One. That is huge and super nostalgic, and what we all built off. But Part Two and Three, and especially Three, like I th- I've gone back to that release recently and looked back on it. Well, two and Three, or yeah, 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 maybe maybe Three specifically with like tunes like Framed and like, Upload Flex. Yeah, yeah, like, even the Alibi tune. Like I just I kind of went back to that recently, and it. It's like damn, damn. It got me all nostalgia and tingly. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice to get that nostalgia. I mean, I, I would, I would on that. I would say, yeah, overview part one and the first event and just launching the label in general. I think was a was a real big moment. Um, you know, that really, really stands out. Uh, just you know, as something very, very special. Uh, you know, still means a lot to me I sort of look back at that listen to those tunes and the kind of feeling it's a very mixed feeling just in terms of like the sort of pain that was happening at the time is there another one is there another top moment for you you would sort of put up there I think I've covered sort of my big ones I think E1 like having playing to that crowd doing something with Critical I think I'd posted this on Insta at the time when we did it that the last time I'd been to E1 was the end of 2018 right when we'd started the label and it was uh, critical in room one and 985 in room two. And then to go back, literally the next time going back to E1 and it'd be critical in room one and us in room two and it being sold out and just how well that night went and how good it was. Yeah, I hold that in quite quite high regard. Yeah. I look back uh, on it fondly. I think, yeah, I think you're right. And I feel, <laughs> I know, I know that we, we almost had more people in our room Oh, one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember like... I think the layout helped us a I bit. I think the layout helped us. <laughs> and obviously like the DJs were shelling it. And I think like, it was a bit like, why is everyone in here sort of thing? I remember Badger kind of coming in and was like, what? what's going on here then? Like, <laughs> which, which was quite funny. Um, yeah, that was special. I think that that Bristol show that we actually did at Coroner's, I mean, that time, those, you know, we had those two shows kind of post-COVID rush as well they were like yeah they were there was literally like one weekend after another and they were that show was nuts as well in Bristol you know just that was a lot rawer and it was so packed and again like getting the people everyone that we had together like I think it was yeah Casper Dan Marcus Kiana Dom Harvey like Hayden Bredrin came and and Dusky on there as well. Like, yeah, Yeah. that was, that was a, that was a real moment. I think one of my favorite moments actually touching on that as well, like a top three moment. And and for Dom as well was, was there, was the music video. I know you didn't come along to that. The music video we shot for, for Diamonds. Oh, Dom was, (laughs) I'm telling this, I'm saying this is a top moment. (laughs) Dom wasn't there as well because I think he was ill and couldn't make it. But that was actually, I'm sorry, Dom. I am sorry. (laughs) Putting that as a top, top moment. Yeah. I mean, the New Zealand, I think, I think the New Zealand, I mean, obviously that also had its difficulty. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't the smoothest tour. No. For for one big reason. Yeah. There were some travel complications. There were some travel complications that were my fault. Uh, but I think to do that and to go out that far and how good the shows were yeah I mean New Zealand was just nuts like and and getting so much great feedback and to be just so far away and to get that response and the Kiwis are just lovely people and the Aussies as well like just really really lovely people and to kind of like have it take you that far you know, would definitely stand out for me. I think, you know, you know, I mean, other moments as well. Like, I think there's been some big, you know, big tracks that have come out. You know, yeah, I think- Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to 
isolate certain tracks and make people feel left out but maybe yeah. that's a very that's a very good way of putting it i'm gonna start answer. having like who's my favorite ones <laughs> right here um yeah that's a few that's a few there also from operate which artists have you had the most arguments with me well i i, I live with dan so i'll say dan it's, it's, it's usually about fucking washing up or something like that so that's my cop-out answer i mean that's a very good answer and that's also a very good reason that's that's yeah. a better reason like you know having those tensions i mean me um i i would say that it's up there between john and marcus i would probably say uh yeah me oh god i don't actually know who would take that I mean, me and yeah, no, between 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 John and Marcus, we've always been very civil afterwards, and it's always tended to work its work itself out. Strong minds, strong minds. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put it out there. So yeah, definitely tied between Dom, uh, not Dom. No, Dom's fine. I think Dom, Dom is amazing. Yeah, and John. I wonder if they thought you'd actually (laughs) answer all of these questions. Yeah, come on, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. Another one from John Galaxy. Ask yourself why you'll never be as good as the Amen Brother podcast. I'll ask this one to you as it is your podcast. <laughs> because they have bigger platform than me. They're yeah. just bigger artists. Like, oh, look, I'm Galaxy. Oh, look, I'm Polar and Bryson. Like, I'm Vision Obi. Like, you know, I can't compete with that. That's the only reason, like, it's a better podcast. If Ollie actually lived in Bristol and was able to do more podcasts with me... Right. In Brighton, sorry. Yeah, there we go. If you lived in Brighton, we would definitely do a better podcast. I I am a better podcast host than any of those three combined, to be honest with you. Like, I am. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I've been doing this for a long time now. I'm very professional. I mean, John's got some good banter. I think I think Jack and, and Rich are a bit dry sometimes, you know, but... Forever making friends. <laughs> Always making friends. No, no, no. All, no to be fair, all the love to the Amen Brother podcast. Yeah, I do like that podcast. And to be fair with you, it is a better podcast than than what I've been doing, to be honest. I, you know, I, the music podcast we do is good. I'm just going to keep on trying to dig myself out of this hole right now. Go listen to the Amen Brother podcast. Yeah, big up those boys. Um, I think these next two we've sort of answered. Where do you want the label in five years from now? That was the kind of 10-year thing we talked about. Yeah, no, that is. And what were your original expectations for Overview is five years compared to where it is now? I think we've kind of... Yeah, I mean, I think the big one on that... exceeded, yeah. It's just that, yeah, we had no idea what to expect. And it's definitely exceeded all expectations. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go from John. Galaxy again. No, no, John Rizzo. Oh, no. Love you, John. <laughs> shag, marry, and kill. Oh, shag, marry, and kill. Here we go. Dan Marcus Casper. <laughs> uh, I reckon definitely shag Dan. Yeah? Yeah, just because he's like, you know, he's a bit of a pretty boy. <laughs> you know, I reckon he wouldn't be... He'll be know, elated to hear that. You know, I reckon... <laughs> I reckon <laughs> this was a very bad question. I can't. <laughs> yeah, no, because I think like Dan, you know, he's he, you know, he's a bit mysterious. I don't, I don't. He, he's not the type to want to be in a relationship with. So I don't think marry. I think marry Casper because I just feel like he would be a strong. You know, he's a wholesome dude. He'd be a good person to like marry. Yeah, and kill Marcus. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you. <laughs> Uh, I'll do the next one. <laughs> Shag, marry, kill Dom, John, and Yella. I'm going to kill John for making us answer the previous question. Oh, that's good. Uh, 
probably Mariella. <laughs> I mean, he is a hunk. He's he just is, like, he is he's a almost hunk. a perfect human being, he is, to be honest. Yeah, lovely individual. Sort of sort of a bit older, a bit like mature, got his life together a bit more. <laughs> so I could, could use him as a sort of support system. And then I guess, yeah, we're, we're Shag and Dom. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good, I think that's fair. Oh, God. Yeah, these are horrific. You want to do the next ones? <laughs> you sure this is a good idea? I don't think this is a good idea. This is from Yella, and he really wants to trip us up. If you could make three other DMB labels disappear, which ones would it be? Uh, lifestyle. <laughs> lifestyle. You want to make lifestyle disappear? Uh, I mean, it's pretty easy. It would be critical, 1985, and... Who should we? Who is it? Shogun Audio. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, like John Galaxy, you know, because of John Galaxy is on there, and obviously, like you know, they're way bigger than us and have a lot more followers and way more reach. And if we could get rid of them, we'd be number one. We would be number one. Debatable. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> and Blackout, obviously. I'm gonna. I want to get rid of Blackout. If you can make three artists disappear, who would it be and why? Thanks, Badger. Thanks, Badger. Uh, it would be John Galaxy. Uh, Jack Polar and Vision Obi just so that I could then have the greatest podcast in drum and bass that's fair you <laughs> yeah. so excited to ask me this I'll, I'll try to cop out as well we'll go uh, DJ Khaled because he seems semi-talentless and likes putting himself in all the videos which another one I don't really write and another one uh, Chris Brown Chris Brown yeah, yeah beats women yeah, d- yeah did do that who else got cancelled? Help me out here. Mr. Traumatic. <laughs> it's yeah, going to one a bit closer to home. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I could probably justify that without pissing too many people off. I think we probably just pissed a number of people off there. Oh, they'll, they'll I don't know who else. I don't know. I don't know. Who would you, who would I make disappear in the drum and bass scene? Next question. Next question. <laughs> John Galaxy. Uh, John. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can make John disappear. <laughs> Which is better? Pete with long hair or Pete with short hair? Short hair, Pete. <laughs> you don't even need to think about <laughs> no, that for no, a split no, no, second. No. I think the more we asked him to cut his hair, the more stubborn you got that you didn't want to cut it. I th- yeah, I, d- I mean, it was like, it was such a big part of my personality. It was like my look. It was like my image. <laughs> but yeah, I, but I did have it for so long. And I think the, the, the turning point, I think, was when you compared me to... Uh, the butler from Scary Movie 2. <laughs> Take my strong hand. I'm so sorry. The banter on that tour was a little Yeah, there was, the, there was the banter of that. And, and like looking at it, like I could see the comparison. And do you know what? Do you know what? I watched Scary Movie 2 last night. Oh yeah. And I watched it for and I was going, fuck, like my hair did actually look like that, didn't I? And like the beard as well. It was just a bit wild. It did get a bit crazy. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. If I kept, if I sort of did it well and slicked it back, it could it could pull it off. But I just would also not care for it. Yeah, and it would just get a bit wild. I mean, someone actually, it was actually Avril Hayden's Hayden's message. She was like, "You look so much better without your strange hair." Oh, what did she say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, no, you know what? Like, I do, and I feel a lot. You know, I feel a lot more. I feel maturer. Yeah, and I feel a bit more. Yeah, a bit more composed, a bit less wild. Like, I think it's helped. Boy Band Pete is back. Boy Band Pete, especially with the cleanly shaven Pete. I look about, I look about, I've taken about 10 years off just by having... You do do look a lot younger. (laughs) 
Easy. Right. From Azo, if you could have any artist on the label from any point in time on this earth, he says, who would it be? <laughs> on this earth. I like how you have to specify that. <laughs> any artist on this earth. I don't know any artists that aren't on this earth. No. Uh, I mean, Adele, that would probably make us a lot of money having her on track. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sign Adele. What can make the most amount of money? We're going to uh, Adele, Beatles. Uh. God, I, I don't know. There's so many people with big discographies, like Peak Spectra Soul and Early Skeptical. I feel like um, Aphex Twin would be would be super cool. That's a yeah, quite a left field one. I'd I feel right like I think that like yeah especially some of his drum and bass that like you know drum and bass quotation marks that mm. he kind of made that would be a really cool that would be an amazing signing or if you could get a remix from from Aphex Twin I could buy that um, Skrillex Skrillex <laughs> yeah I mean Skrillex, Skrillex I mean like bass. do you know what Skrillex Skrillex on um, Skrillex on Overview I mean we can say like any point on earth I mean I'm I'm a big fan of the Doors so Jim Morrison on a track would be pretty cool. Oh god, we're going that far. Do like back. if you're gonna if you're gonna go like any point in time, like any any point in time. Big Nirvana fan. Nirvana fan, <laughs> get a bit of get a bit of Kurt Cobain on the label. That could work. I mean, I don't know, like any other is there any other like electronic artist that you really God, I don't know. What about I mean if you were to do if you could if you could release from any artist in drum and bass who would you really really want to put a release out with any artist in drum and bass yeah currently like releasing or had released or it's gotta be like Alex or Skeppy yeah yeah Skeptical would be good just as a foundation thing for the sound but Mm. yeah wouldn't happen (laughs) (laughs) not unless we paid them loads of money (laughs) probably not even then no. <laughs> no, no, isn't it? One can dream, one can have dreams. Uh, Bristol or Brighton? From Harry. Big up, Harry. Big up to the Hazard. Um, I mean, I know, you know, I, we're probably going to give, I know it's quite obvious what answers. For drum and bass, Bristol, hands down, any day of the week. For the city itself, I do personally think that Brighton is better. I could probably <clears throat> at least say where you're coming from and partly agree. Because I almost moved here. It was between the two. You made a mistake. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> and like Brighton is somewhere I could see myself living at some point. But I just feel yeah. like, I just feel like, I, I don't know, like Brighton, you know, you've got the seaside. Yeah, I think know, that is a big part. It's a big, oh, it's huge. I mean, no, not even that. You know, you've got the seaside and you've got the countryside. We do have the harbour. And a city. <laughs> Harbour's nice. Come on. The, the Bristol Harbour is nice. Especially in summer. It's no Brighton Beach. It's no Brighton Beach. I'll and like, that. you know, you've got Seven Sisters like just down the road, you know, super convenient to Gatwick Airport, to London. Like, it, you know, it could, it's quite far away from some places. Like Bristol. Like Bristol. <laughs> but like, you know, it's a really pretty, like it's a really pretty city as no, well. You've is. got like the lanes and, and like, 
what is there in oh you got Turbo Island I guess got in, Turbo Br- Island. in Bristol oh, that <laughs> like, is a right of passage right but like there. do you know what I mean like what like what like I mean you got okay like the bridge the suspension bridge and that is nice and obviously like Cheddar Gorge is pretty close which is really nice you know and you got some nice you know Wiltshire and you know some of the countryside is alright you know you're not too far from Wales I guess you've got like St Paul's and Eastern and <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but no. for drum and bass it's not even really a competition no really but but <laughs> here we go I'm going to go on my nuance answer as good as Bristol is for the fact that so many people live there I think that can also be a curse or it can also be a difficult thing to navigate that city can make or break people yeah I mean look I know certainly a lot of people that go to Bristol that find that it's actually you know it's really tough existence mm. to kind of you know it's kind of like you know it's that thing of like you know you, you go to hollywood to go make it in films you go to bristol to try and make it in the music <laughs> industry and you know there's a lot you know it's you know unbelievable the amount of competition that there is there yeah it's super saturated lots of temptation with just going out and getting on the piss well that's you know that was going to lead me to my next point you know half you lot all fucking just spend your time down the pub rather than actually like doing creative stuff yeah, some yeah. of the time I mean look don't be wrong I'm sure you know that's very broad very broad uh, very broad some thing some. but that's the thing you've got so many clubs you know and yes you've got a lot of people passing through and you can see some amazingly talented people that I'm sure is very inspiring but yeah I mean yeah I mean obviously in Bristol's changing quite a lot in price like it's going up yeah, yeah I mean, so is here, isn't it? Yeah, no, Brighton, yeah. you know, Brighton has historically been been expensive. No, Bristol's really expensive. It's really hard to find a place as well. The competition in terms of renting, like it took us six months to even lock somewhere in. And I, I know I know people who've had to move back home when their lease ended on the place they were renting because they couldn't find somewhere else in time. Like it is ridiculously mm. competitive. Like, and to be fair, like that competition is here, but... Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't know. We, we didn't struggle too much. I don't know the, you know, I don't know what how difficult it is for people to find. I mean, yeah, find we were a group of here. sharers, which I think, yeah, that's does, challenging. Does get, yeah, tougher. But no, so yeah, that's that's my my answer. The city of Brighton itself, but Bristol. But I know you probably disagree. I, I could agree. I, I'd say they're sort of even. You just don't want to get moment. everyone from Bristol now messaging you. Like, no, I mean, I live there. I love the place. I do. <laughs> no, I do. There. I mean, Especially with everyone. I mean, there. like, I think you know, the people there do help a lot. I mean, I, I, I spend my time more in Bristol more than anywhere else. I think I totaled up that I've been there pretty much 12 times in the last year or something. And you always have a good time. And I always have a good, <laughs> no, I do always have a good time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, best overview backstage story. Best overview batched backstage story. I think I want to say that first clock factory backstage. Not that it was like a not like a good story, but I remember it just being like packed all night and there just being such a good there vibe. There was a good in vibe there. in there. I think a load of I think it all like who was it? Was it James and like Kit's circumference? Just like Oh, and Alex Parkle just fucking with people the whole night, like sticking things to them, just being absolute terrorists. I think one of my, <laughs> I'm thinking one of my favorite backstage stories, and I'm sorry to do this to you, Marcus, but it was definitely Marcus. Oh, that is a gold one. Falling asleep in the green room at E1. For a long time. For a long time. Like, he was like, 
John Galaxy was like fucking taking pictures of him and videos and shit. <laughs> and that, I know really it's cruel because like, I mean, Marcus is a fucking machine. Like, and I, sometimes I don't know how he does it, but he had like traveled down from, he played a gig in Manchester the night before and he'd not slept and he'd got a coach down and then literally then went to the gig. Played the best set of the night. Played the best set of the night. And fell asleep in the green room. In the green room. And that was pretty, that's a pretty iconic. That is uh, iconic. That's a pretty that, iconic moment. That's got to be the best one. I can remember. I got to see that. I don't, what do you reckon the nicest backstage is that you've been to? Nicest? The one in um, Switzerland was pretty nice. Do you remember the one that had like the Oh, like, bu- like bougie. Like, yeah, yeah, bougie yeah, yeah. Well. No, that's probably that Switzerland one. Like kitted out upstairs, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to thought of think. Yeah, that was a really good one. Brixton, Brixton Academy had a pretty good one. I remember they were just like, they were just relentless with the booze. They were just like, the, the, the first ju- clock factory one was the same. Yeah, yeah. To be <laughs> fair, like the booze goes is like in again. Yeah, in and out. So yeah, sorry Marcus, but that one's getting aired. <laughs> so uh, Ben, uh, favorite cheese? My favorite cheese. Yeah. Uh, I've been really into Gouda at the moment. Gouda's good. <clears throat> I do like a bit of Gouda. I feel like every time you stay around mine, I notice that there's Gouda in my fridge <laughs> that you buy from the Tesco opposite. There's been a couple times where slices I've like, of I come down and you've left and there's sliced Gouda and chorizo <laughs> in my fridge. And I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, nice. I'll have a bit of that. Gouda's good. I'm a big like brie fan. Oh, do like a bit of brie. Yeah. On a nice bit cracker. Of, or, or yeah, a bit of, a bit of cam- camembert. A bit yeah. Of, uh, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. I do like a bit of cheddar. I did. I did. Obviously, we went to Cheddar Gorge uh, recently, the home of cheddar. Where they mine the cheese. Where they mine the cheese itself, down in the cheese mines. And uh, yeah, I got some proper cheddar from cheddar. (laughs) It tasted just like just cheddar. Oh, no. But I do like a bit of cheddar. You can't go wrong. I mean, do like a bit of... uh, do you like a bit of Parmesan? Do you like a bit of Italian hard cheese? True. Yeah, it's all context-based what food driving it was. I'm a big Red Leicester fan. I do. I am obsessed. I think. I think cheesy pasta is actually like my favourite dish. Yeah, yeah. Like mac and cheese. Like I'm never gonna say no. Mac and cheese. Bit of carbonara. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh making me hungry now. Last question. Oh, <clears throat> from Charlie Scantia. Oh God, Scantia. <laughs> A nice serious one to end the podcast on. Crabs or lobsters? Um. <laughs> I mean, I think it's got to be lobsters. I think... Oh, I mean, they, they are more imposing I and think, they taste better. <laughs> as you know. Crab, crabs have more like meme, like history, I feel like. I mean, crabs, I think... Crabs. Also, crabs are kind of associated with like a, an STI, which, <laughs> which, which isn't great. It's a great for crabs. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like crabs are cuter though. Crabs are cuter. Like a little crab, like you see them and they yeah, just got these little eyes. eyes. Whereas like lobsters are like really quite mean looking. Dinosaur like. crustacean thing. I mean, they are. I mean, I, I think I went to Bristol Aquarium... Not, oh yeah yeah it was after one at one of the overview shows and we went there with hayden and i remember seeing they got like some of the deep sea lobsters big boys and they are big <laughs> and they are like you're saying like prehistoric like from just a different time yeah so i think they i think lobsters are cooler crabs are sweeter yeah lobsters probably taste better lobsters do taste better but they are really expensive i'd say yeah so that's maybe yeah. my... Yeah, um, no, 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 I'd say that's a fair... That was actually fair from answer. the from the Scantia podcast. He actually asked... I was like, do you have a question to ask me and Ollie? And he just <laughs> asked crabs or lobsters. 
So really, really That's, serious. Yeah, very Charlie to come off off the cuff with that. But yeah, thanks for all the questions, guys. Uh, I wonder how many of those will make it into the final cut. They're all going to make it in. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> don't, hopefully we don't get too many angry messages. From... At least it's at the end of the podcast. So most people will have got bored to the point where they don't finish it. <laughs> like I'm not sitting through three hours of Pete and Ollie talking about fucking shit. Um... <laughs> So yeah, that is that. That is our basically our first podcast done. Yeah. How how was it? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So I mean it's new territory for me, but out of the comfort zone. Gotta think off the cuff a bit. Yeah. Especially with some of those questions. <laughs> which I probably should have read a bit more before on the train here, but No, yeah, it's far a more a bit, bit more fun off it's the far cuff. It's far more organic it? that way. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well look, we'll we'll wrap it up there. As I said, thank you to anyone that has given us any questions. Obviously, thank you to everybody for your support of Overview over the last five years. The, the I mean, there are so many people to thank. From yeah, they knew they know who they are. Yeah, whether or not you know, we need to go into just roll credits. Every list, yeah, roll credits the to the side of me of everybody <laughs> that we're going to thank. You know, from the artists to to the promoters to industry people. And especially the fans and the supporters of this label, we are just a bit overwhelmed at times and, and so grateful for the love that we have for this label. And we, I mean, I, I believe in what we're doing. I, yeah, 100%. Yeah, seeing a fan base grow, it exceeding like the wildest expectations, especially for the time frame has just been like such a joy and as you say a bit overwhelming and a bit surreal i'd say but yeah no i just can't thank thank everyone enough like huge big ups to the artists i think fundamentally they are the the foundation as well as us sort of putting it all together but yeah love those guys love every, all, all, all the gang yeah everybody everybody you know we're so, we're so you know so blessed and so fortunate uh hashtag blessed <laughs> so blessed to do this and you know look here's to to the next five years and, and longer you know we're we're not planning on going anywhere you'll be able to see plenty more plenty more coming from us we you know we've got a lot of ambition with this label as i think people can see through what we've done you know we're we're enjoying it i mean i don't know about you but i've been you know enjoying this more than ever in the last yeah, you know, yeah this last sure. year i think especially no this year this year's been really great it's been a <clears throat> perfect sort of fifth year i think the music's been really like i just really believed in every release we've done i mean i've almost believed you know i think that's the thing we've believed in almost every release that we've done you know from the start and and we're going to continue that and and you know as well you know i i, I know it's not the be the be all and end all but we were you know, nominated again for best label. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> At the drum base arena, so go vote for overview right now. No, it is sick to see, even though, yeah. I mean, it's um, a public vote, and I know, like, you know, the drum base awards, you know, aren't, you know, there are so many people out there and so many artists out there that deserve that credit and that recognition. And, you know, it, it, yeah, it can be a controversial thing, but, you know, for us to, to now been up there for, you know, two years in a row getting in that top 10 nomination place 
you know, I was I wasn't sure. You know, obviously we got there last year, which which was a surprise. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I mean, I believe in we believe in what yeah, we're doing. This is when you look at the company you're in oh, with those nominations. It is quite, quite humbling. Oh, really humbling. I think that's that's the that's the the right word. And I think, yeah, you know, we don't you know we don't have, yeah, hundreds of thousands of followers on on. Facebook or Instagram on Facebook I'm showing my age there on TikTok <laughs> you know but we you know it goes to show the real belief in and the support that we have for the people that do love what we do and and yeah again like you know the fans you know so important to this and and the fact that we've kind of got up there for a second year running you know is, is humbling and yeah you know we're just going to you know keep on you know keep on with this with what we're doing and and yeah i'm i'm intrigued i'm intrigued to see where we'll you know be having you know if we have this podcast again yeah 10 you years know, 10 Hot years i mean i'm probably going to get you on a podcast before i'm going to make you do another podcast it's not going to be another five years before you do another podcast uh, uh, <laughs> no i'll be I mean, unless we did I'll we could back. we could always, we could always make it uh, an annual thing yeah maybe like an annual thing we'll just have like an annual catch up and um let's do it I think that could oh, be a I've nice really thing to do. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank S- you for being you. Suggested this the other week. Well done. Well done. Well, well, done, well, done, well, well done. done. Well done. You're just so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you to everyone out there that has watched or listened to us ramble on for this last bit. <laughs> Big up as ever. Yeah, love. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Keep on, keep on giving us some love, and yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back next year. <laughs> In a bit. In a bit. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Fuck it out.